Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's a me, a man, the Garcia. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Pirates going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome on in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Join us there with your questions, comments, concerns, otherwise, on this Wednesday. And you can be a part of our program. Going to have fun on this Wednesday with a few guests and a lot of discussion. It is game day. East Carolina baseball back in action after a couple of days off. And a big midweek game. Pirates got a lot of big midweek games coming up the remainder of this season with acc foes in-state foes odu across the board today it's a revenge day against the campbell fighting camels Uh, campbell took care of ecu earlier this season the fourth game of the season and now uh, the pirates will try to get their revenge this will be game two of three against the campbell fighting camels in this 2023 season and today they will be playing in fayetteville segra park field stadium uh there in fayetteville the official title of that venue is segra stadium coming up at six o'clock it'll be campbell and ecu we will get the campbell scouting report with our old buddy chris haymeyer formerly of wcti 12 formerly the voice of the k tribe formerly the host of the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show he'll join us here as the voice of the camels and tell us about this team tell us about the campbell basketball team that came one game really came two minutes short of the ncaa tournament they led unc Asheville pretty much the entire way in the big south championship and then Asheville went on a run at the end were able to beat them Asheville got hammered by ucla in the ncaa tournament but a good uh into the season for campbell basketball talk a little campbell football as well with chris haymeyer who will join us coming up uh, later on in hour number one hour two soup boy patrick mason will join us on the show We'll talk a little soup. I uh, cooked a dish last night involving soup that I want to tell Patrick and everyone about. Uh, and we'll talk pirate football, spring football, uh, baseball, and hoops, and more with Patrick Mason, who saw his Iowa Hawkeyes bow out of the tournament without much of a fight as they lost to Auburn. And I have a bone to pick with Patrick about that coming up in hour number two. And hour three, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joins us. Uh, haven't said anything about this and this is not a joke uh, it'll be Stephen Igo's last appearance on pirate radio i know in the past i've joked a lot and said things such as that unfortunately this is not a joke this is for real uh Igo's last appearance on pirate radio coming up in hour number three so there's a little bit of breaking news for you uh we will talk to Stephen Igo hoist the colors coming up later on in today's program shirley rhodes is here the big dog glenn griffin is here because we got scrappy do chandler honeycutt uh down in fayetteville for the baseball game and 
Scrappy Doo is a great name for Chandler. He's kind of like a a mini me, a mini Glenn, and even sometimes a mini Shirley. He's like our Scrappy Doo around here. And also, at times, can tank a show quick. <laughs> wow. Okay. Love you, Chan. <laughs> Ellery said, "You know, Chan, I kid huh? because I love." <laughs> Chandler is available to talk to like in hour three to a live look in at the stadium and i just know chandler does not want to do that because chandler is a what is he he he's he's very true he's very pure he's not good at bsing i'll put it that way right you get what you get he, like, he has an innocence about yeah. him. he is yes yes surely he has an innocence about him and I could just see me going out there to him and Chandler, give us an update. And he's like, "Well, the, well, yeah, we're here at the stadium, and 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 I don't know, what, I don't know what to say. I, I don't want to. He has to kind of know what he's talking about, be informed. He, he's not very good to to BS about something because he is so pure and innocent. So, having said all that, I do want to check in with him in hour three just to see what kind of report he'll give us, like what he'll say." I just I'm kind of fascinated by what could come out of his mouth coming up in hour number three of today's show. But we're uh, we're glad he's there. He'll get some video and uh, pictures and updates and more. Um, by the way, is Tyler Macemore around? Tyler Macemore, I have to say thank you to you, but I want you to be here and I want people to see why I'm thanking you. Also, Shirley Rhodes very jealous. So, somebody please send Shirley something. She is, she is jealous that I received two <laughs> New Era fitted hats today, courtesy of the mail and courtesy of Tyler Macemore. And see, I think it would be much easier to send me something because I am a snapback kind of girl. I, I don't wear fitted hats because I think they make my head look weird. Are you a hollaback girl or I just a snapback girl? No, I ain't no hollaback girl. All right, Gwen uh <laughs> Wait, what's her name yeah yeah Gwen. yeah uh but uh you know and if you followed my twitter long enough you know what i like all right it's not that hard shirley's on the jelly bus somebody send shirley whereas something. you mr i'll take you know whatever minor league hat that looks like fire you know your way i have a bad i would a love something going on i would love something for the savannah bananas i think that would be really cool Kaz uh, said, "Woo! I get excited when hats come in. Let me just go. I wish Tyler Macemore was here. Tyler usually is here in our uh, YouTube. I don't see him yet. Let me uh, let me grab these lids real quick. Got these this afternoon. Super jealous. Just he gets packages like this all the time in this in all the right, studio. All the time is really pushing it. I hadn't. This is the first one. Okay, I've let this me year. rephrase that. You get." More than once, you have received packages in this building that contain hats. From Tyler Macemore, loyal listener. Awesome. Awesome stuff. The Winston-Salem Dash. And I love that it is purple, so I can wear it with a lot of my purple clothing. Yes, because you do like to uh, color coordinate your hats. Black underbill. Very nice. Um, Seven and a half. Perfect. And then the, um, I guess the... I forgot what they call these, but I have one of the Wood Ducks. It's like the Latino Heritage. Yeah, the Heritage hat. like hats. Heritage hats. Copa de Baseball. Copa de Baseball. Something baseball. like that. Something like that. Very yeah. cool. Very uh, Miami 
very nice so i cannot wait to wear these thank you so much uh tyler for these and um yeah if i got into this business not to make money or feed my family it's, or support my swag. family we just all know hats. this yeah just, you, so we, when the we power gotta... cuts off because i can't afford the power bill but i have all these awesome hats sitting around i'm sure my wife will appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you, Tyler. Awesome stuff, dude. We appreciate it. I well, think the, we well I can't say much. I mean, I have received some things. I did you receive... You wore a free hat yesterday. Well, you did work for that hat. I, I did say. work for that hat. Thank you, you very much. I was very cold by the end of that day. Um, no, and that was an exchange, and I knew that. So, it wasn't like I told somebody, hey, send me a hat. Um I was told I would be given some swag in exchange for um, my services as a PA announcer, which I was going to do it for free anyway, so um, she didn't have to give me any swag. But the last time I got something was uh, an Abby Wombach jersey. Abby Wombach jersey. Bach. But it, it just so happened that the jersey was uh, too small because uh, jerseys run soccer jerseys run smaller than normal. Um, so what normal size I would wear is actually too small as far as a, a soccer jersey. Though. But what I did was is I framed it. So it's, it's hanging up on my wall at home. So I couldn't wear it. But uh, TJ says we got to get Clip a Carolina Disco Turkeys hat. No, you don't because Robert Matthews already did. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that. That's, that's my point. I already have one, and it was sent by a listener. Uh, so, TJ, please don't uh, send a Disco Turkey's hat. I already have one. Thank you, Robert. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, uh, I mean, jo- I I am part of this show, too, you know, listeners. Shirley's maybe major jealous right now. I am. Um, all right. So, let's see. Chandler Honeycutt in the Facebook chat says, Tank a show. Damn, Shirley. So way to upset Chandler right out of the gate. Scrappy do getting scrappy. Because well, if you're gonna call him scrappy, then you got to carry that moniker because I am a hardcore Scooby Doo fan. And when Scrappy was brought on, I felt like it tanked the show. So if you're gonna call Chandler Scrappy, then he's got to carry the scrappy moniker as well. Um I love I, you, Chan. I kid because I love of him. all the awful shows uh that Lily watched growing up i loved watching scooby-doo with her because i love murder mysteries and crime well, mysteries and that's what i grew up on i think great that's stuff my love for ghost stories came from <clears throat> watching I, scooby-doo yeah, as yeah. a kid i think uh i think i'm on in the same boat there joe says i can watch and listen today fellas looking forward to the show and that's a boom for me can we get a boom 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 uh for joe sure hold Who's on tuned just in? one second he wants Here, a boom 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 Steve Hill says, Clippo. Clippo. Mike P said, Sweet lid clip. Is that from Laos? No. Mike, this amazing hat was made in Bangladesh. Whoop. Shout out to my Bangladeshians out there for making this awesome pirate's hat. Uh, Steve says, tell everyone to come out to Sports Trivia. Hey, everyone, come out to Sports Trivia. Steve Hill will be guest hosting tonight. I will be participating. So come out and see if you can beat me or uh, join my squad and win tonight at Sports Trivia. Lance says, can't wait to watch ECU beat the Camels tonight. We owe them one. Let's go out and get them one tonight. 
Um, now, Chad, so Shirley like is playing the sympathy card here. Chad says, hey, Shirley, I have some Sports Illustrated with Abby. On. Chad, can you please write like a normal person? I'll just read it as it's written. Hey, Shirley, I have some Sports Illustrated with Abby won the cover. Do you want them? Did not know if you collected stuff like that. I actually do because I have the Sports Illustrated uh, one with Sue Bird that's actually autographed. So, um, yes, I would add that to my collection. John Moody wants to double down on the boom, boom, boom. Can we get another one? Sure. All right. Let's get one for John. I hope you're happy, John. Kristen said, Schwartz after Puff Johnson in the transfer portal? I don't know. There's 3.2 million people in the transfer portal, and I don't know who's after who. i tell you what. I reckon I could ask him because Mike Schwartz will join us in studio next Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Kim McNeil will join us tomorrow, 5 o'clock in studio. So we'll talk to Coach Kim McNeil about her fantastic AAC tournament championship season and early exit in the NCAA tournament, but got to get your feet wet. Uh, Get there. Get there one year. Get there next year and win a game. Uh, But we will talk to Kim McNeil coming up Thursday, coming up on Pirate Radio Live. Mike Schwartz next Tuesday, Kim McNeil tomorrow, Thursday show. Uh, John did say that soundbite put him in a good moody. (laughs) 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 Susan Dean. He's a cool cat, man. Susan Dean said, Do you know what that is, Glenn? Were you here? Do you know where that clip's from? No. Play it again, Shirley. Do you have the whole clip, man? Uh, it should be right around. Well, you still got I, it. I, it's in the archives. I just got to remember ah, what it was called. It. So it was Theo Vaughn. <clears throat> oh, he was talking talking about to Dave Portnoy about Tony, and they were talking about Tony Collins. Yeah. And uh, Tony Collins, the cool cat man. I love He's it. a cool cat man. <laughs> <laughs> Susan uh, Dean said, "Shirley, I'm going to Mexico on Monday. I'll bring you a trinket back." That would be nice. All right, little uh, little Mexican gift. That'd be yeah. cool. God bless. Now Steve, Steve says, "I got you an Abby card, Shirley." How soon we forget? Say thank you to Steve so he can move on with his life. Yes, he did. Thank you, Steve. My God, Michael said, "Every time you play Boom Boom, John is like a kid in a candy store." Boy, did it again. William says he's glad to be with us this Wednesday. William, we are glad to have you. Glad, Hey, we're glad to be alive, and we're glad to be here on a Wednesday. Chris Haymeyer coming up in a few minutes. Patrick Mason will join us, and Stephen Igo's final appearance. Yes, you heard me right. Final appearance on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, before we take our first break, let's hear some Mike Houston on our Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. Flight by Yingling, don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. The next generation of light beer, wherever beer is sold, you can find Flight by Yingling. And they provide our practice report. And Mike Houston spoke with the media following Tuesday's practice. Finally got some spring weather this afternoon. Woke up this morning, it was 26. So I was wondering what it was going to be like today. But it was a nice day out there. Um, you know, I thought Saturday was really, really good after looking at the film. 
Uh, and I tell you, when we put them in situations where they, you know, where it's live and there's something on it, and you know they're competing, we're finding out so much about each other because you can't simulate that. And uh, I think that's a big thing for us right now is getting as many reps uh, as possible, you know, with with both sides of the ball, so we can you know get everybody playing more comfortable together, you know, figure out what pieces go where. Uh, but, you know, so many positives, uh, obviously t- tons of stuff to improve on. And uh, the big thing we talked about this week is just being consistent, you know, being consistent with our performance, you know, having a great day, not just a great play. And uh, so I thought that uh, thought we went out there and we did some good stuff. We finished the, uh, finished the day with a live uh, first and goal from the seven drill. Uh, for all three units, and so uh, you put it, put it down that close to the goal line, the temperature gets pretty hot, and so it was highly competitive out there. So um, really good. Uh, look forward to uh, you know being back out on the grass uh, later on this week, and then uh, really looking forward to Saturday with our first uh, live scrimmage. Coach, when you talk about that consistency as you move into week two, week three, is that kind of what separates maybe the first, second, third stringers and just try, try and make up the depth chart? Like who's the most consistent? Right. I mean, I think the, the most consistent guys, obviously, are the ones that have played. I mean, we talked about it on Saturday. Those defensive linemen have played a lot of snaps here. And so, you know, they're not making mental errors. They're executing very well. They're fundamentally sound. They play with a tremendous amount of intensity and edge. Um, you know, so you look at a group like that, you know, they're being very, very consistent. Um, you know, I think Marlon Gunn has had a good start to the spring. You know, re- you know really, really pleased with him. Uh, Kerry King, I thought, had a really good first week. And I challenged him today, and I go, don't go out there and crap the bed, you know, because you had a good first week. You know, defensively, I think Devin King had a really good first week. Uh, Siobhan had a really good first week. Um, you know, guys like Tegan and Julius, I mean, you expect them to go out there and look like starters because they've started so many games for us. But, uh, you know, really excited to see some of those some of those younger guys, you know, looking more and more like guys that are ready to play. So many of the, the transfers you're all brought in, especially defensively, you know, probably still trying to find their, their way a little bit. But have any of those guys, you know, kept you or uh, caught your attention? Yeah. I mean, you know, Dean Ash, you know, my, my question on him was, would he hit you? Uh, he showed us Saturday he'll hit you. Uh, and so because you know, he's a long, rangy, athletic guy, certainly he can cover a lot of ground back there. So it was good to see. Now, the challenge for him is just, you know, stacking days together, really, you know, really, uh, you know, getting really sound with the scheme and, 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 and assignment sound. Um, I thought Ra-Ra really came on late in the week last week. Uh, so, you know, he, he and Kingston are battling it out there at the, uh, at the Sam position. Um, I think you'll see the you know a couple of those linebackers continue to improve as they get a better feel for the scheme. And it's because you get you get a new scheme and it's fast in there in the box. Um, so uh, you know I think I think those guys I thought Gerald uh, was very solid Saturday uh, transfer running back uh, and uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to help us. So I think we got several of the new guys that are contributing already. They seem to be handling install pretty well. I mean, only a few days into practice, but with the new scheme. Well, I mean, I think I think the guys that have played a lot, I mean, they, they're handling it better than the ones that's new to them. So uh, some of the guys that just got here or some of the freshmen, you know, they're they're struggling because we've, you know, you put in a lot so fast in the spring. So, you know, by the end of the week, we'll have, you know, most of our, you know, complete package on both sides of the ball in. So, um, I, think it's, I think it's just like you know, what we talked about with consistency. The guys that have played are handling it better than the young ones. 
All right, there's part of Mike Houston. We'll hear more coming up later on on today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Josh Thomas says, Clip Rock, don't crap the bed today. That's what I try to do going into every show. Just uh, make sure I do not crap the bed or crap this chair. So that is, uh, that's my promise to you. No crapping in this chair today. Uh, man, we've received a lot of love here early and uh, a lot of folks in a good mood on this Wednesday and we're not asking for much just seven and a half size fitted hats and uh shirley wants stuff from mexico and uh the u.s women's uh, national no, no. team and glenn wants star wars and wrestling hold figures on, hold on hold on i said if you if you follow my twitter you know what i like i'm 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 leaving it open for people to decide what it is that they would like to gift me be that as it may i'll only ask for one other thing Give us some likes on YouTube. Some subs, will you? Subs, likes. Why do we have all these people watching and saying all these great things and not hitting the like button? Let's go. Let's uh, let's get on that. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Chris Haymeyer, voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels, will join us on the program. Get you ready for tonight's baseball game. Talk Campbell athletics and more. When we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday, a feel-good Wednesday edition of prl we're back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock on Wednesday nights. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip. All right. Are you missing the madness? I needed a night or two off, and uh, now I'm about ready for more basketball, but we have to wait one more night, so... How do you make a sports night out of this Wednesday? Well, come on out to A.J. McMurphy's. Play some sports trivia. I will be participating tonight because one of our regulars, Steve Hill, will be coming up with the questions and guest hosting. So that'll be fun coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, let's uh, head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and get you ready for ECU Campbell coming up at 6 o'clock. Chris Haymeyer is the voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels. And he joins us today on the program. Chris, welcome back to Pirate Radio. How you doing, man? I'm great, Cliff. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I always enjoy the chats when East Carolina and Campbell get together on the gridiron, uh, the diamond, the hardwood, whatever the case may be. And Chris, um, boy, I hate to, to start with the negative, but uh, th- you could look at it as a positive as well. Almost reached out to you a couple weeks ago when Campbell had UNC Asheville on the ropes in the Big South Championship, 
and uh, had a lead for a lot of that game. And Asheville kind of flexed their muscle at the end. They had the most wins of any school in D1 basketball in North Carolina this season. And uh, Asheville was too tough at the end. But, man, Campbell put up a heck of a fight after a fantastic run in the Big South basketball tournament. You said just that clip. It was a great run. Campbell, because of multiple injuries over the year, including their starter and the and the cog to their offense and Jesus Carolero, they ended up finishing seventh. They did not have a bye in the first round. So that championship game was their fourth game in five days. They were able to gut through it. They were a pretty deep team this year until the last eight minutes. Uh, lost the lead. Asheville, who had the best player in the Big South, he was Drew Pember, a 6'2 guy that started his collegiate career at Tennessee. And they were literally just a couple minutes short from, from being the Cinderella of Cinderella's. Of, everybody's been talking about FDU. They would have talked about Campbell getting into the tournament the way that they did. But good for Campbell to have some momentum. That was their last game in the Big South, and it's good to have some momentum after an up-and-down season because next year it gets a whole lot tougher, Campbell, uh, in basketball and, and everything here in Campbell Athletics going into the CAA. So they'll have to match with UNCW and College of Charleston, and it's a, it's a different ball game there, but uh, – but some momentum going into the offseason. Yeah, really good league there. Enjoyed watching that tournament with Hofstra and those other teams you mentioned. Very, very good basketball league. Talking to Chris Haymeyer joining us today, and uh, we're going to talk Campbell baseball because they are off to a great start this season. They are ranked, and uh, Pirate fans know how just good this Campbell team is. Losing to Campbell earlier this season back on February 21st. Six to five in extra innings. And Chris, this time it'll be in Fayetteville. And uh, I know folks are excited about this. East Carolina kind of making a minor league ballpark tour this year. They've already had a couple. They've got a few more on the schedule. So kind of a traveling road show here for uh, for ECU. They'll face uh, Campbell coming up tonight. And looking forward to this one uh, from the game perspective. But also I've heard a lot of good things about the stadium as well, Chris. The stadium's fantastic. Uh, Campbell won a Big South Conference tournament down there. If you haven't been there and you're anywhere close or, heck, make the trip down to Greenville, it's great. It's basically a triple-A stadium without all the seating. Uh, they built the stadium, I think it's about half a decade ago now, and so they took all the good things that you have seen from uh, new stadiums from the major leagues all the way down to the minors. It's a great place to watch a game. You can walk all the way around. It's right there in downtown Fayetteville, an area that they're revitalizing. So any seat you have in there is a good one. Uh, great food, great drinks, and it's going to be a fun place to watch a game. And not only a game, as, as you mentioned, ECU and Campbell, every time they that they get together, it's fun. The past 10 years, they've both been pretty good teams the past five years they've both been really good teams and this is a top 20 matchup clip uh ecu and campbell campbell coming in as 18th in the entire country in the latest d1 baseball.com poll chris amire joining us chris you look at the numbers for campbell just astronomical on the offensive side and something's got to give here east carolina's pitching has been dominant especially on the weekend but garrett sailor who has thrown a lot of pitches for ecu in his career has had back-to-back good midweek starts 
uh, for the Pirates. So I say something's got to give. Campbell just uh, put up a ton of runs against Winthrop. I saw those scores from Tulane and App State, 16 to 15 and 13 to 11, 17 to 7. So uh, Campbell got some great pitching this weekend, but if they have to play a high scoring game, they can win those too. It looks like you guys are just hitting the ball all over the place right now. No doubt. It's been a a great start to the season for the for the Campbell bats. Campbell is first in the nation in on base percentage, fifteenth in average. They also hit a lot of home runs. They're twelfth in the country in home runs and then eight in walks. So they're doing a lot of things very well. They came into last weekend averaging nearly eleven runs per game. And this isn't your usual playing cream puffs over the first month of the season. The reason why Campbell is ranked, not only that they're 15-3, and three, but they've played some good teams and scored a lot of runs against some good teams. They've taken a series from Rutgers, who many think will win the Big Ten this year. They went on the road for a spring break, 10-day road trip, and took a series from Louisiana. I know Tulane this year is not the Tulane that, that ECU Pirate fans know in the past, but they swept the two-game series with them, did the same with App. So they have been putting up these runs against really, really good teams and against a team that they were supposed to beat soundly in, in Winthrop, they ended up putting up 33 runs in that game. They, they just seem to have everything going for them. They have guys that have been through it. This is a, this is a team full of guys that have been to NCAA tournaments. Campbell coming off their four straight trip to the NCAA tournament. Last year, they took on the number one seed in Tennessee. The year before that, they made it to the regional final against Mississippi State, who won the whole thing. So these are veteran guys, along with some transfers that have come in and and really, really hit the ground running. They have 11 guys that hit home runs and 11 guys that have stolen at least one base this year. So things are rolling um, as of now. But again, that's why you love to see these two teams play each other and why both coaches love to play each other every year because this is a test. ECU is going to see a team like Campbell, if not Campbell, in a regional coming up this year, and the same goes for Campbell. Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. And looking at the schedule, that uh, four and one New Orleans trip, very impressive. You mentioned Rutgers, three games against East Carolina this year, and then you throw in. Uh, a few with Coastal Carolina, UNCW is on the schedule. You got Duke. Uh, you've got uh, Duke a couple of times at North Carolina, uh, and I mentioned UNCW. So th- this schedule, even outside of what you're going to play in conference play, that, that that RPI, whatever you want to call it, is so important. Looking at strength of schedule, who you beat, who you lost to. Looks like Campbell has set themselves up uh, for success and for a, a pretty good number beside their name once they get to regional play. No doubt, and and Cliff Campbell has had to do that with Liberty and Coastal going out of the of the Big South Conference. The RPI and the strength of schedule inside the Big South Conference isn't a lot, so Campbell has had to stack these games to have teams like ECU and ACC teams and SEC teams on the midweek, and it has paid off. People forget in this run where Campbell has won four straight. Um, regular season Big South titles and been to the NCAA tournament four straight times. Campbell tripped up and lost two years ago in the Big South Conference Tournament Final, but still got an at-large bid, an at-large bid that got them a three-seed in the NCAA tournament. The reason that that happened was because they had such such a strong non-conference schedule. So it's something that uh, Coach Hare and his staff intentionally do. And it's nuts. The other day, 
of course, it's way too early to mean anything, and, and Campbell fans know that. But, but the other day, someone came out with their projected regionals. Of course, ECU was, was in a regional that they were hosting in Greenville. But there was a Bowie's Creek regional on the board <laughs> clip. A Bowie's Creek regional. And you know what? You can kind of look at this schedule and look at the competition in the Big South, and a lot of things have to go right. And Campbell maybe could lose three or four games on their way to it if they are going to get a regional. But that wasn't a pipe dream. That was a real website that put out a real projection that had a Bowie's Creek regional. A lot has to happen for it to happen, but but that's the kind of season that Campbell has had so far. And again, as you know, being a baseball brand and a baseball name like ECU, they've been doing it for 20 years, of course. But Campbell is now known not only regionally, but nationally as a pretty darn good team that gets into the in-state tournament and wins games. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to bring that up, Chris, because, I mean, you've certainly got the ballpark for it uh, and would be a phenomenal uh, venue to host a regional. And that's one thing uh, I think people really enjoy about baseball. It kind of strips it back to maybe how it should be where everybody's got a chance and there's no, yep. you know, power and and the levels that we see in football and, and basketball. And uh, Campbell, East Carolina has certainly taken advantage of that as hard as it is to to stay with the big boys in football and basketball, you can do it in baseball, and, and then you do it with a guy like Cliff Godwin. You do it with a, a good infrastructure and the culture he's built. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a realistic thing, and, and it's uh, it's out there right now. Now Campbell just needs to, to continue to win and uh, and play good against these good opponents, and, and that could become a reality. That would be awesome because, Chris, it's amazing that – Part of the reason we play these tough schedules at ECU and Campbell is just proximity, where we are with all these great schools around us. Right. I mean, no doubt. And and you know, Clip, as, as well as I did, ECU never going to the, to, to the College World Series. Maybe you're cursed. Maybe there's a lot of reasons for that. You and I both know all that aside is the fact that, that ECU has been in such tough regions and such super regionals. I mean, you have teams yeah. like a UNC, like an NC State, like a Coastal Carolina that not only are the teams standing in your way, but, but they are the teams that, that have gotten to the College World Series and won the College World Series. And that's where it's been so fun because Campbell and ECU, they really take advantage to the – to the fact that they can just go, as you said, 60 miles down the road and take on a team from a Power 5 conference or not that has not only been in the College World Series but has won um, national championships. I still believe, much like what's going on at ECU, it's even more of a, of a story of what has happened in Campbell. Twelve years ago, Campbell had a facility that was their coaching staff and, and, and Coach Justin Hare, who has been here through the whole building process as an assistant coach and now a head coach it was a glorified high school field it had it had metal bleachers and just a couple of them it had the press box on top of the concession stand they came in there and were very intentional in a plan to build this program up to not only have them win the conference but then to go to the ncaa tournament mission accomplished they have done that with four straight ncaa tournament appearances and they've done it by not promising guys something that this place isn't, but saying, hey, if you come here, this is a unique place, which is all about baseball. You can come here, get a degree, work on baseball, and look, now we can offer you this. You can go to the NCAA tournament. They now have set their goals for not only getting into the NCAA tournament, but getting to a super regional and then getting one step further. 
10 years ago, that would be a pipe dream. A, yeah. a Campbell baseball team ranked in the top 20, a Campbell baseball team that was seriously talking about Omaha and, and not being laughed at. I don't have to tell you and the other Pirate fans how tough that is, no matter what the resources are, no matter what the coaching staff you have, no matter what the players that you have. A lot of things have to fall right to get that far. But Campbell is on the path, and, and this is the best team of 10 years of, of very good teams, and so it'll be interesting to see where they go. ECU and the regional that Campbell and ECU were in back in 2019 is the catalyst for what you're seeing now with a, with a Campbell team that has really, really improved their pitching. If you remember, ECU upset in the first day of that tournament. It was Campbell that was 2-0 and going into the regional final on the final on the final day, and East Carolina ended up scoring 22 runs in two games and beating and coming out of that regional because Campbell simply didn't have, have the arms. Right there they said, you know what, we've got the speed, we've got the hitters, we've got the, the small ball, the power bats that can, that can make it to an NCAA regional and win some games, but we don't have the pitching. This year is the deepest their pitching staff has ever been. Not only do they have a couple of top-line starters, including one in Cade Keeler, that will probably be picked in the first two rounds of the draft uh, coming up this summer, but they also have deep bullpens. And, and Cliff, you know, if you're going to win a regional, no matter where you go, 2-0 and those first days or not, you're going to need some big-time bullpens yeah. in arms, and that's what Campbell has this year. That, that's the big difference, their depth all around, but especially in the pitching staff. Yeah, a big reason East Carolina's been able to, to win those regionals, and also uh, they have such a good record on Sundays. Everybody's just out of arms, and East Carolina still has plenty to go. Talking to Chris Haymeyer, Chris, uh, you talk about the changes within the Campbell program and improvements. Just how, how about the overall changes? You mentioned the move to the CAA. I mean, we saw East Carolina and Campbell play football, which uh, I didn't know if you know we'd ever see that uh, ten years ago. So uh, just a, just change after change. It's uh, a microcosm of all college athletics with coaches moving, schools moving, players moving. The, the only constant is change. So how are you uh, handling all that there at Campbell? Just uh, as soon as you get comfortable, another change happens, right? No doubt. This is this is a very positive change for uh, for Campbell. I know for ECU and the different realignments that they've gone through, it's not always a positive thing. Um, Campbell is is reaping the benefits of what has been um, 12 seasons back in the Big South. Campbell was a founding member of the Big South, went to the Atlantic Sun for 15 years, came back to the Big South, which was a good decision. And that's when this building boom and this uh, putting money and donors and funding into coaching staffs and infrastructures and facilities has really paid off. Campbell won 13 conference championships in the Big South last year. And, and because of that, when the CAA was going around looking for schools, it doesn't hurt to have a football team, which, which Campbell just got 15 years ago as well. They saw that Campbell was positioned right in the middle of what they're trying to make a Southern division in the CAA and were winning. And Campbell um, got the call and, and decided to go to the CAA. I think it's a really good decision for Campbell. Um, it's a lot of, of teams that you, you know their name across the nation, the, the UNCWs, the College of Charleston's, the Elons, um, teams that, that have brands, and then some teams up north that they'll now play. They're going to be playing the, the Stony Brooks and Hofstras from up in uh, Long Island. They're going to be playing Northeastern in Boston. They're going to be playing teams in Virginia and Delaware and around the D.C. metro area. And these days when you're not only trying to do a lot for your athletic department and recruiting, 
you're trying to get a bunch of people from out north to come down here and and become students here at Campbell. So, so they think for the academic side and the tradition side and the university side, this is going to be a good move as well. The invitation was given to athletics, but the university side here at Campbell really grabbed on and said, you know what, we, we have a pretty good niche being a a regional private university here in, in North Carolina. We want to try to expand our reach, and, and Campbell is going to try to help them do that on the athletic side. Now, look, in a bunch of sports, Campbell is going to have to have to get a little bit better in. It's not going to be the competition that it was in the Big South, but in places like like uh, baseball and some more Olympic sports and, and even football to a degree, they're gonna they're gonna come right in and and not miss a beat. So so for us here, it's a it's a really exciting time. And and yes, you're gonna have to get uh, some soccer teams and some volleyball teams on on flights to go up to play conference games in Boston. But also too, if you look at the regional opponents, your Elons and UNCWs, William and Mary, Hampton, and College of Charleston. The five closest opponents for Campbell in the CAA are actually closer than those in the Big South. So yeah. it, it, it's a it's a very good thing altogether for uh, for the athletic department. We're excited. Good things happening at Campbell right now. They'll take on the Pirates coming up tonight, six o'clock in Fayetteville. Chris Haymeyer joining us. Chris, before we wrap it up, uh, good news: uh, your Missouri Tigers won a won a tournament game. Uh, bad news: they ran into Big Bad Princeton <laughs> in round two. Uh, come on, Ray. <laughs> so happy, Coach Gates, revitalizing of the Mizzou basketball program, which I've told you that's what I grew up in Columbia in the 80s when Missouri was a great basketball team, and that's what made me a college fan. We have talked on and off the air about it. Yeah. This year, the excitement's back. They had eight of their last nine games were sellouts. They, they beat Kentucky. They were fourth seed in the SEC tournament. And then they win a game in the NCAA tournament for the first time in five tries. And then they lose to an Ivy League team, which we've talked about this again, Cliff, and this will be for, a, for, for another radio show on another day. But Missouri now tied with BYU at 30 for the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four berth. Mm. And the disasters that have happened in the NCAA tournaments, they lost to a 15th seed. Um, back 10 years ago as well. It, it kind of makes that magnified. So, um, Boy. Hey, Dan, on a downer. The um... No, that is a down note. Like, uh, you were, you were going to say, hey, Missouri won, then I'm like, wait a second, you're going to follow that up. <laughs> ah. Princeton looked awesome the other day, I got to say. Interested to see what they do uh, in the Sweet 16. Chris Haymeyer joining us. Chris, we will end on a positive note. Um, you're, you and uh, the family doing well? Yes. Yes, we are. The twins uh, love sports probably too much. Um, when they're watching sporting events and it goes to commercial, they start pointing to the screen and crying, looking <laughs> at me, why are there commercials? But, you know, we're in the same business clip. If it wasn't for commercials, we wouldn't get paid. We need those uh, lovely commercials and those great sponsors. Commercials you yeah. know, each, and, each and every time. So thank you for asking uh they're doing well. Chris, great to catch up with you, man. We like to do it. East Carolina and Campbell uh, will play tonight. And, heck, let's do it one more time later on this season as these two teams will meet in May as well. So maybe we'll uh, catch up with you again in a couple months, Chris. Yep, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, if you need a place to stay for the Bowie's Creek Regional Clip, <laughs> five minutes away. There are going to be two uh, 19-month-old twins making a lot of noise, but other than that, it'll be good. There you go. Chris Haymeyer joining us. Chris, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for having me on.
Chris Amire joining us, voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels. Uh, Chris used to answer your calls on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show back in the day. Also, voice of the K-Tribe, WCTI-12. He's been around the East a lot and is now the voice of the Campbell Fighting Camels. Brennan says, why is this game being played in Fayetteville where there's no video when the game could just as easily be played at Clark LeClaire? I don't know, Brennan. Uh, they will be playing at Clark LeClaire Stadium uh, later on this year. That'll be May 16th on a Tuesday. So one in Bowie's Creek, one um, in Greenville, and one at this minor league park. I know everybody's bummed out that there is no ESPN Plus for this game, but, you know, just some questions. I mean, Ghostface Killer once asked, why is the sky blue? Why is water wet? Why did Judas rat the Romans while Jesus slept? And we just don't have the answers to some questions in life, including that one, Brennan. Pirates, by the way, will be uh at other minor league stadiums this year uh they already have and they'll be playing um i believe we had a player on monday say the odu game yeah harbor park uh in norfolk uh that'll be at a minor league park and then they've got one in charlotte as well coming up where they will play the 49ers at truest field so uh they're like a they're like the Savannah Bananas at this point, the ECU baseball team, traveling all these minor league parks. Let's and uh, we were supposed to play one. Weren't we supposed to play one in Kinston, Glenn, like a couple years ago? Was it the COVID year? I think COVID got that Or one. was it just talked about? I, I think Either it was the COVID. COVID or weather got that one. I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but I think COVID got that Yeah, I feel like, um, of course, Granger Stadium hosts the, uh, and now I'm forgetting the name of it, but the military it's, it's classic the, every year. What's it Army called? Army and yeah play yeah or whatever and they come down here and play so uh starting to see more of that in uh, college baseball let's take a break we'll come back when we return we'll wrap up our number one of pirate radio live soup boy patrick mason joins us hour two and Stephen Igo, hour three of today's show a lot more to go pirate radio live we are back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 until 6. And, of course, during football season, you can watch the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. All you got to do is go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and click on that subscribe button. And while you're at it, click the like button, too. Now let's head back in to a Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. ECU baseball in action tonight against Campbell and a Fayetteville Pirate softball team in action at 5 o'clock on the road at UNCW. We'll have updates for you throughout the show in hour number three right here on Pirate Radio on our Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Uh, NCAA tournament action resumes on Thursday. Cannot wait for the doubleheader in Las Vegas in the West. Arkansas-UConn is going to be an absolute war. And then after that, Gonzaga-UCLA. First game to tip off will be Michigan State-K-State. 
already drove up to virginia uh put a little bit on uh, k-state as they take on Izzo and sparty after that it'll be florida atlantic and tennessee friday your double header coming out of the yum center in louisville san diego state alabama at 6 30 after that it's princeton upset minded princeton against creighton at 7 15 the u and houston go at it in kansas city and late night xavier and texas that should be a really good one coming up uh late night from kansas city so that is the sweet 16 lineup again resuming on thursday tonight you've got your nba uh your nhl beginning next thursday we'll be sprinkling some major league baseball schedules and scores onto the buccaneer music hall scoreboard so excited about that i told you yesterday that i was going to watch the world baseball classic for the first time and i lied i did not watch it (laughs) i actually watched it i watched the showdown between shohei otani and mike trout top uh top of the ninth inning two outs uh united states was down by one and otani had some filthy stuff an 87 87 mile per hour slider and a 101 mile per hour fastball and trout couldn't hit anything he was swatting at it and uh ended up striking him out and japan won three to two it was a good game it was a pitcher's duel it was uh uh, a lot of uh, defensive plays. I mean, it, you know, Otani walked the first batter in the top of the ninth, so place was going crazy because you know, had the winning run at the plate, and then second batter grounded into a double play, and that left Mike Trout as the only, you know, the last hope for the United States, and he couldn't get the job done. Thanks, Obama. USA loses. <laughs> the Buck wow. Scoreboard, brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall, your beacon of music in the land of the pirates and ENC with live music seven days a week, no cover during the week. Ladies, get in free every Friday and Saturday before 10 p.m. Uh, come watch your favorite sports at the Buck, largest 4K TV in Eastern North Carolina. Visit the BuccaneerMusicHall.com for a complete schedule of live events this week. See and be seen at the Buck. By the way, the NCAA tournament coverage for us here on Pirate Radio begins tomorrow night, immediately after the show at 6 o'clock. Cannot wait for Thursday night. Arkansas UConn is going to be awesome. Uh, Tristan Newton. Uh, has had a couple of pretty good games for UConn. They are they were number one in the nation earlier this season, starting to play like that again. Arkansas never found their footing this year, but now they're healthy and they're playing like uh, a team that has a legit championship shot. So that's going to be awesome. Gonzaga UCLA Thursday night is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we will talk hoops, baseball, football, soup, and more with the soup boy himself, Patrick Mason. He will join us when we return on Pirate Radio Live to kick off hour number two of today's show. Live where to go. Back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330, and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. By the way, Shirley, for those asking, Familia does have Italian chicken soup as well as soup of tomorrow it says soup so fresh we have not even made it yet ask your server about the selection so uh, for soup heads out there there is soup available at familia future soup and uh yes that's right it's like astronaut soup it's great uh patrick mason is a bit of a soup head he joins us here on the show hello patrick hello good to see you yeah i'm always interested in my next soup adventure yeah uh we have i love that we have made you into like a soup uh <laughs> connoisseur and uh mike p has a soup question we'll get to in a moment but first last night i wanted something hearty somewhat healthy but just a, a good a good man meal on a tuesday night and i went to the stove and i got several ingredients including cream of celery soup okay so i took cream of celery soup i took chicken tenderloins i took 85 cent stuffing food line brand Ooh. i mean I, if i see anything for 85 cents i'm buying oh yeah um i got frozen uh, one of those bags of frozen peas carrots and string bit green beans okay um and am i missing anything Sounds pretty healthy, but also hearty so far. Hearty, healthy. I got all my spices. I think that's it. And I put it all together because I love a chicken casserole. I kind of made my own chicken casserole with the the stuffing and the um, the cream of celery with all the a lot of pepper, big like a, pepper guy, like a chicken pot pie kind of thing. Sorta, yeah. Sort of. It had that consistency to okay. it. And I got to tell you, it was dynamite. I had the leftovers for lunch. It was fantastic. And uh, I got to shout out the soup. Yeah, man, that sounds like you're a little chef over here. I like it. Little, they call me little chef. <laughs> little, little chef. Little chef. Uh, so there you go. That's my soup story for the week. Mike P., uh, we'll go ahead and get the soup stuff out of the way. Uh, question for Patrick. When does a soup become a chili? Ooh. You know, that's, that's a good question. I think maybe if it's just, I think chili, at least for me, it's like more meat than anything else. Yeah. Um, soup is more like kind of brothy or has some sort of, I don't want to say sauce, but you know what I mean, like a broth. There's a thickness factor, the chili, that you don't have with soup. Yeah. Chili's very, very hearty. I mean, soup can be hearty as well, but. Big dog like it thick. <laughs> Big dog like him thick. All right. There you go. Chili man. Because you can't put like, you know, soup on a hot dog, but you can put chili on a hot dog. If you put soup <laughs> on a hot dog, you're in a day. You might oh, need to get that is up gross. That, yeah. that soggy even, bun. Even I wouldn't do that. Yeah, not a fan of the soggy buns. <laughs> All right. Uh, P. Mace. Um, let's do it quick because you asked, uh, you know, you said your bracket's probably ruined and everything. Let's do a quick update on the brackets. Can I get some music just in case things have changed since Monday in our bracket standings? 
uh jenny shelton uh in 10th place with 25 solid points brian bailey in ninth uh with 28 big dog and intern carson have 32 mully with 33 chandler tied with bryce williams in sixth with 34 points west hines with a solid 35 hunter ellerby former champion Stephen Igo and Patrick Mason all sitting at 37. Morgan Aylers, Jonathan Ellerby at 38. Shirley at 39. And then we have to go 40, 41, 42, <laughs> 43, 44, 45. Clip in first with 46 points. So, Patrick, your thoughts? I Actually, I thought I'm doing a little bit better than I thought I would be. Uh, I mean, everybody it, is pretty trashed. It was just a bloodbath when a lot of those... You know, top teams went down. Like, I mean, not like I had Purdue going that far, I don't think, but Arizona getting wiped round. out. Arizona killed me. Had them in the yeah, championship. That hurt. I mean, there, there was a few like that where you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, Providence doing their thing for two games in a row. I think even, um, mm. I got to see who anybody has left in, uh, is it the East? Because I had Duke coming out. I know some people probably had Kentucky. I don't know how many Purdue believers there were. Kansas is gone. But that bracket, is anybody going to have a Final Four team out of the East? And looking at it right now, you've got Kansas State and Michigan State as well as Tennessee and FAU. I doubt it. Maybe someone had Tennessee doing something. Yeah. But I, I can't imagine picking anyone else. Bryce randomly had Kansas State in his championship, so he needs to uh, hmm. get some more good play from that little guard. Um Noel, who was just phenomenal against Kentucky on a Sunday. Looking forward to Thursday night. You can hear the action right here. Our uh, coverage time begins right when we wrap up Thursday at 6 o'clock. You can check out Michigan State, K-State, Arkansas, UConn, FAU, Tennessee, and Gonzaga, UCLA. That is an awesome night of basketball. Patrick, we'll be talking basketball Thursday, 5 o'clock, with the head coach of the ECU women's team, Kim McNeil. Talking about her stellar season, the amazing run in the AAC tournament, and then uh, the game against Texas, which uh, did not go the Pirates' way. Texas was not only too big inside, but also great from three. Yeah, that's a great mix. Yeah. They had. I, I saw a quote from their coach, and he said, East Carolina ran into a team that I was proud of. And that's. I mean, right? Did he kind of nail that on the head right there? I mean, they, they played phenomenal. And East, I mean, East Carolina, let's be real. They The first quarter, they really stuck with them. I thought they played well. But they just, I mean, you know, Texas had, like you said, everything. Inside scoring, hitting from three. I mean, running the floor. I mean, there was nothing much you could do. They did everything great. Uh, two nights later, that same coach had to apologize to Texas fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the podium, he apologized to the University of Texas and all Longhorn supporters because they got uh, ripped apart by Louisville. Yeah, and it was hard to imagine that coming, you know? Just just the way they looked. It was pretty great. And they had everyone, or most guys, back, girls back healthy, and they just looked really good. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, talk about, we'll do a season wrap-up and look to the offseason with Kim McNeil coming up uh, Thursday. Next Tuesday, 3 o'clock, Mike Schwartz will join us uh, here at the table and talk ecu men's hoops and i saw where we had uh, another departure from the roster today i believe it was uh, jackson ellingsworth entering the portal i saw uh patrick yeah i saw that as well um and like, like we said right i mean more of these are just going to start trickling out um as the tournament goes on and as more more teams and i don't know i, I just figure that a lot of these 
boosters and people with deep pockets are going to watch the tournament and say, man, I, I want that, or I, I want this to continue, and they're going to keep donating, and they're going to just have more money to throw around, and um, it, it's just kind of the nature of what's happening right now. Mass exodus is everywhere, including North Carolina. Puff Johnson decides to pass, to use the joke that everybody's used today. <laughs> uh, Armando Baycott is staying for his eighth year at North Carolina. Man just loves college. <laughs> I mean, he's getting <laughs> NIL money. He's the big man on campus. He may not have a bright NBA future ahead of him, so he's enjoying it while he can. Why not? Don't right. blame him at all for me, that. Me neither. Uh, but for this ECU team, they lose Javon Small, Saxby Sunderland, Ellingsworth today. Um, I, I know Stephen Igo doesn't want us to talk about this, <laughs> but um, the reality is that uh, you know players are susceptible now to – just easily jump in that portal and try to find a new opportunity and hope that the grass is greener on the other side but for mike schwartz and we'll talk to him next tuesday uh a very important offseason obviously mm-hmm. year one in the books it was a for me um a little better than predicted i think i had the pirates winning like 12 games this year uh they ended up one game under 500 so nothing to write home about but in your first year here in this league and and the league is losing some some teams getting some really good teams in here with fau obviously but uh i think that if you polled the pirate fan base they'd be very pleased uh about mike schwartz year one i think he should be i mean it was a really exciting year and you could tell that he had a, a direction and a goal and sort of a he wanted to build something i think especially by the end of the year you could see that there was this team was really buying in playing hard playing good defensively they were in you know a ton of games at the end they won a, a tournament game um so yeah i mean i would i would absolutely be be thrilled with this i mean the first year you know a lot of times you don't know where it's going to go you got a whole whole new bunch of kids who are a lot of them are young haven't done this before and i mean he got them ready to play and he got them you know believing in themselves i think even at the end year one uh year zero to year one his philosophy was let's get some high school guys in here and, and we'll bring in a few transfers it didn't go too heavy on the transfer market we'll see and he's already got some some studs coming from high school next year but how do they attack this portal here in the next few weeks few months we shall see yeah exactly we'll, we'll see and i'm sure he's got his eyes on some guys and he's uh you know just looking at how, how do i continue to, to allow this roster to build and especially he's got you know guys like ezra and um brandon johnson and rj felton if you could just find some nice complimentary pieces to play with these guys and allow them to 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 rely on their own strengths that that's how these a lot of these kids get better as well so um so yeah i, I think you know you find the right pieces in the transfer portal and you know you build through high school again because it's still a young team and you just keep keep moving again apologies to steven Igo, but fau has the youngest team left in the tournament and if they bring everybody back uh should be preseason top 25 next year right i mean they yeah. were they're like 33 and 3 now or whatever uh trying to pull another upset against which have they really pulled an upset yet the line against memphis was like one one and a half they were double digit favorites over fairly dickinson <laughs> yeah that was a nice draw uh now they have tennessee but you got to think that this team if they can keep everybody including their coach uh, may then they should be you know one of the teams that is going to be a front runner to win the league next year along with memphis but you know somebody's going to come after their coach i, I said it yesterday coaches are moving all over the place now i looked at it yesterday uh the ncaa men's basketball uh front page on espn.com and read <laughs> the headlines and let's see so patino welcomed at st john's uh arizona's the uh, kerr 
Kresa, however you say his name, uh, he is entering the portal. <laughs> um, wow, you uh, UCF freshman Hendricks declaring for the draft. There you go. Um, Tobin Anderson is now moving to Iona. We just learned who he was last week. Right. Head coach at Fairleigh Dickinson. He's gone. Of course, uh, Cooley goes from Providence to Georgetown. Wichita State has hired a coach as they bring in the Oral Roberts coach. As they had a fantastic year, their coach gets uh, poached. So this is the uh, this is the life we live in. Yep. Yeah. Even even for coaches, I mean Wichita State, well, they were they were fine, but they're getting antsy, right? They they pulled the the plug and going somewhere else. So it happens. Players, coaches. I mean, like you said, no one's safe at <laughs> this point. Not at all. Patrick Mason joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Patrick, you've got some lacrosse to cover later today lacrosse yes It'll be my first time covering some college lacrosse and the pirates are nine and one they uh they only have it's, one loss on the year uh let me look up their official record eight and one hopefully i am reading into the future and they pull an upset today over the duke blue devils but that is at five o'clock at johnson stadium so we'll let patrick out of here in about 30 minutes so you can head over there so this will be your first time first, yeah first time i figured i'd you know come check them out i mean they're playing well and i think there's there's got to be a, a cool story there i mean like i said they're they're playing really well and i think there's just not like when you think of lacrosse in the area i mean i can't imagine too many high schools have lacrosse teams and i think it's growing but it's certainly not it, when i was a kid it, it was not a thing right me neither so yeah i, I just figured it's, it's kind of fun and they're, they're playing really well so you know why not it's a northeast sport so they didn't play it uh around your parts where no. you're from i think they had a club team at my high school maybe when i was a senior yeah but uh, yeah it wasn't a thing my favorite part is when they score and they all have to like freeze and drop the stick that's, that's what i mean i'm kind of curious to go out there because i really don't know what i'm watching so i'm gonna both learn about the the sport itself and also kind of learn about this team and you know the rules and all the rest but i'm excited pirates eight and one uh taking on uh the ranked duke blue devils coming up today at five o'clock and uh just so you know patrick uh the reason why they drop the stick is so that they can check uh the referee will come over and check and make sure that the stick is legal uh, well, the, it's like the it, depth it, it, of the net. It's the depth of the net and the way the ball like rolls off the stick. So he goes through and checks every single yep, stick. Yeah, every time they score, is they it have just to... the goal store, score stick or yes, yeah, yeah. I mean they they do uh, uh they do a stick check before the game, uh, but they also do it so whoever scores uh, a goal they drop their stick and the referee will come over, they'll pick it up, they'll inspect it and they'll put the ball on the back side of the net and do the this weird like test and then if it passes the test they hand the stick back and the goal stands that seems excessive it it does seem a little weird just because it's not like the person say if you score three goals like does your stick get checked three times and like are you yep it's after every, every it's, but, it's but i mean it's like score. it's not like you're switching out your stick so if it's no but it has time. mike p you're a lacrosse guy yeah right? like you're i said i'm, I'm out of my depth here i'm sure i don't, I don't know what i'm doing but um Mike, I'll I'll try to look it up exactly. Like, I mean, I fully intend to ask you know someone when I'm out there and to help explain to me this. But yeah, I mean, that's that's something that I would like to learn. And I don't know. I guess you'd figure, hey, if it's checked once, it it should be good to go. But but maybe not. All right. Why do female lacrosse players drop their stick after a goal? Um, this is done after collegiate lacrosse games. Um, the legality of the stick: pocket too deep, too many strings. They can request a stick check. 
Hmm. Um, they need to drop it immediately to avoid tampering. If they happen to check it, it's illegal. The player will have to switch stick. Goal will not count. It's like a test. Pencils down. So, uh, you know, we went through the steroid era, the uh, <laughs> too much pine tar, too much, you know, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, sticky stuff on a baseball. Cork bat. Yeah. Um, Mike P says calling for stick checks is done by the coaches in the men's game, and it's considered a jerk move. Maybe it's like an unwritten rule in okay. men's lacrosse. You, interesting okay. i feel like you only see that in baseball too where you get like the coach saying hey go check that guy's belt or go check that yeah. guy's hat you know yeah. and everyone gets all up in arms like oh you're slowing down the game what are you doing <laughs> interesting I, okay all right so be uh be aware of the stick check coming up later I'll on be watching all right we'll take a break we'll come back we'll talk some um some baseball as east carolina taking on campbell how about the pitching of the pirates lately uh, it has been fantastic. We'll discuss that and more with P Mace, Patrick Mason. He joins us on the other side. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, a lot going on. You got uh, EC Lacrosse at home. Patrick Mason will be covering that for the Daily Reflector. Coming up in uh, just a little bit, 5 o'clock. What do we call it, Shirley? A, do they have a face-off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, 5 o'clock face-off at Johnson Stadium. ECU softball in action at 5 o'clock as well. They will be on the road at UNCW, but for all you rich folks out there that pay for Flow Sports, you can watch it because it will be on Flow Sports. ECU baseball will not be on anything, I believe, as they play down in Fayetteville against Campbell at 6 o'clock. So a ton going on. I really enjoyed our Delcor Players Lounge discussion on Monday with Garrett Saylor, Josh Groves, Carter Spivey, those conversations are fun regardless of what's happening but patrick they're even more fun when pirate pitching has been dominant (laughs) and uh there's not a lot of negatives right i mean those guys are doing phenomenal and we've seen garrett sailor have back-to-back pretty good starts in the midweek cliff godwin has so many options uh looks like he's going with zach root today who we've seen be uh very dynamic so pirates uh and camels going at it for the second time this season coming up later today yeah very good camels team um but yes the the pitching has been outstanding i think what was it four runs over the weekend uh they gave up to missouri state which is a very good offensive team um this pitching staff i mean there's no breaks friday through sunday even in the midweek like you mentioned with garrett sailor um it'd be great to see zach root have a, a good outing today kind of bounce back and get back at it but yeah the the weekend rotation is just incredible. Two guys pitching into the eighth over the weekend. Um, I mean, Trey is savage, overpowering stuff. And you got to think, you get uh, if you're an opponent, you get into Sunday, right? And then you got Josh Gross on the mound throwing, you know, mid-90s with a, just a nasty back foot slider. 
I mean, it's just like you said, no breaks. They're 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 really good right now. It is uh, really since that Duke game, and it sounds like they had some pretty serious meetings after that Duke game, and where you know gave up walks, hit batters, uh, a granny didn't help, but just keeping those walks down—that's been the key. It's something Josh Gross talks about every Monday, and that's been a bugaboo for him in his career at ECU. Uh, he had five on Sunday, but he had two through seven innings, and really just could not get that final out of the eighth. And he said if he did he probably would have uh, been able to go the distance if he didn't have those two walks in the eighth inning. So to see him with three walks through seven is a, a positive sign. Spivey and and Yusavage, Yusavage, you know, came into the year, you know, d- does he have command? Is he going to have control issues? He has just been amazing. And all those guys throw on over 100 pitches this weekend. Uh, they all work into at least the fifth, some a lot longer than that. Uh, but it's just been uh, it's been great. The bullpen to this point just has not been taxed that much, and that's that's huge. If you can get the starters to eat the bulk of those innings, you can really pick and choose who you want to use out of that bullpen. You can even be more careful with matchups. You can you know turn to your your horses at the end. So it just really like makes everything a lot easier. You know, for Cliff really to say, all right, hey, we need two innings or maybe one inning or even you know sometimes three or four. But it just really keeps those guys fresh out of the bullpen, which is huge. Um, for a bullpen, you know, and uh, you know, like you mentioned with the, with the starters, to keep the walks down, it not only just keeps guys off the bases, but it allows them to go deeper into games, keeps the pitch count down, you're more efficient. Um, I think Trey Savage didn't even issue a walk, which is, I mean, it's just incredible. If you're pounding the zone with that kind of stuff, hitters have to be in swing mode. They got to be ready for stuff. And if it's, you know, if the, the type of stuff he has, I mean, good luck hitting it. And if you always have to be ready to swing, I mean, you're, you're in some serious trouble. How about as we sit here, Patrick, just one more non-conference series, uh, weekend series, George Mason coming up this weekend, and then it's off to Houston to begin AAC play. What about the offense, uh, the lineup right now, and where this team is as we uh, start to, you know, late March get into April? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, we're even seeing a lot of guys off the bench who are capable of hitting, capable of, you know, providing some awesome, uh, you know, power, some good timely hits. But even we've seen a little lineup shakeup, what, the past yeah. couple couple games, just different guys here. But I think Star it's... Star moving up, yeah. Willen moving up. Yep. Yeah, and Jenkins Cowart kind of fitting there in the middle, you know, top third of the lineup. Because, um, I mean, he's probably not, you know, JJC is probably not a leadoff hitter. But I think you just, that's just kind of stuff you figure out as the season goes on, right? I mean, where do these guys fit? How do we get the, the best bang for the buck here at the in the lineup? And, yeah, I mean, Josh Moylan turning it on when he goes four for four. I mean, if he's hitting like that, you got guys hitting all over the lineup. And it also it allows um, Cliff to go uh, defensive replacements if he wants to. You know, he can feel comfortable saying, hey, you know, I, I can throw this guy out in the outfield or I can change a dude at shortstop because I'm comfortable with his bat. I'm comfortable with how he can handle himself in one or two plate appearances. And you, if, you know, if these guys aren't hitting or if these guys aren't performing, you, that just gives you, you know, less of an option to do things. So, um, yeah, this everyone's clicking right now. I mean, that's why there's, what, 16-4? and four? I mean, everything's just playing really well. Yeah, and East Carolina has the ability to make good teams look bad. And uh, I thought about it the Liberty weekend, and I know they're not as good as they've been in the past, but they look really poor. And then Missouri State, all we heard about was their offense, and they're hitting all these home <laughs> runs, and watch out, and – they just do they can't do anything against this pirate pitching so just goes to show you how well ecu's playing right now that they make these 
pretty good to good teams look as poor as they do, especially offensively. And then you saw in that Missouri State team, especially in the later innings, all those hitters were just taking these massive cuts because I feel like they were just like, you know what, I'm not even <laughs> going to try to put this a bat together. I'm just going to hope I run into something because they were. I'm sure they were getting frustrated. Um, I mean, even Missouri State's pitching is probably the best I've seen over a weekend against ECU, just with the way everything was bendy and you know a lot of the pitchers kind of knew what they were doing. But still, I mean, ECU just kind of found a way to grind them down and string some hits together and. So, yeah, I mean, nothing was working for Missouri State. Everything working good right now for the Pirates as they are top 10 in both the D1 poll and now even the Baseball America poll, which a lot of Pirate fans say Baseball America has something against ECU. But (laughs) now they got them in the top 10. Campbell, top 20 uh, right now. So a top 20 showdown going on tonight in Fayetteville. And these midweek games, uh, traditionally you want to just take care of the weekend and all that but when you're talking rpi you want to put yourself in the best possible spot really east carolina's midweek the rest of the way you could argue is more important than the weekend games yes you absolutely can because like the midweek games a lot of very tough teams and you know these weekend games now that like you said you start shifting into hey we just we just have to win these things because the rpi is it almost doesn't benefit you right like you have to just win i mean a loss hurts you more than anything else but uh, if you start winning these midweek games against ranked teams like Campbell, you know tough teams like UNCW. You got another one against UNC uh, coming up in May, um, and those, I mean those are the ones you really want to win, and that that's what kind of makes your you know RPI boost. That kind of just makes you look good and feel good, and you know these uh, these weekend games against maybe some. I don't know to say weaker competition, but maybe that's what it is. You know, it's just, it's, uh, it is what it is. It, it, it kind of flips it on its head. Patrick Mason joining us. Got a question or comment. You can get it in on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And all the questions have to do with soup when it comes to Patrick <laughs> Mason. Eric asking, does P Mace take a break from soup during the summer months or is he a true soup head for all 365? We've talked about this. Uh, you like uh, your soup on the beach on a hot day? I think yep. we made that up, but we made that a thing. <laughs> Uh, but Patrick, you'll you'll go soup in the summer, right? I do. Summer yeah. soup. Weather does not affect my my eating habits. So yeah. If it looks tasty and it's a hundred degrees out, I'm going for it. And I love a nice pasta salad in the summer. Maybe we could incorporate some like cold broth under that and make a cold pasta soup, summer soup. Interesting. Oh, I saw your <laughs> face there. My God, the disgust on your face when I suggested that. The cold, so cold soup is just not no, not a thing. It doesn't, I don't know. I, All right. I don't know if I can get behind cold soup. Somebody commented last week, we played um, Kim McNeil. Kim McNeil, did she meet with the media before heading off last week? She did. And we played that, and uh, we <laughs> somebody said you could hear the voice of Kim McNeil quiver when Patrick Mason asked a question because you're so, <laughs> you're so i guess that you and cliff getting into it earlier now you've been <laughs> painted as this guy that just uh is intimidating to all the coaches <laughs> that's hilarious Man, me and kim mcneil have a good relationship i know it was a joke yeah, right, was, right uh, but i like that's actually really funny 100 percent joke like tonight if you asked uh i guess coach barnes a question after the lacrosse game please don't intimidate her yeah i'll try yeah the, uh, the she might come after me for having a lack of lacrosse knowledge too, though. So you never know. Um, I think she is uh, trying to grow the sport and grow interest and knowledge. So she'll be very happy to see you out there covering her. We've had her covering it. We've had uh, her on this show, the Brian Bailey show, as it's uh, trying to make it a thing. And it's when we had uh, Zach Maskovich, uh, old buddy at Channel Nine, before heading off to Orlando. He's from Maryland. 
and that's like the lacrosse capital of the world or whatever I'm sure when you get up there in the northeast so they knew a lot about it we don't down here us uh dumb southern bumpkins <laughs> and you uh cozy midwesterners hey, whatever. There you go. don't I'll know it. don't know a i'll lot take about a cozy midwestern <laughs> um i'll tell you what i'll take 15 bucks you owe me for betting on iowa the other night <laughs> hey i always just move them one over i had no faith in this team and i'm actually glad i mean i was this team is just rough at the end i'm glad i don't have to expend any I more hate energy fans say that i hear you but like you're it's, glad they lost you're not glad they lost no but i'm, I'm i don't want to have to go through that that just oh, what are we doing that for you know three hours and it's like with the Bulls right now. I don't want them to make the playoffs. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> what are the Bulls I doing? I haven't looked at the NBA standings in two months. I don't know. They're, they're, like, the they're, like they're like dead a, last in the East. It's possible. Michael no, Jordan's even trying are. to get out of there. Yeah, Jordan's gone. Uh, let's see. Like uh, the Bulls are a play-in. They're going to be in that play-in Right, deal. and it's like, why? Yeah. I, I, but I'm going to have to watch it. And like, So that that's where it comes from. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, you haven't had to worry about that with the Bears. No, you just know what they are. Yeah, uh, they are stocking up picks right now. We need to uh, looking forward to my Friday chat with Tony Dunn about uh, the Panthers because they have been very active here of late. I saw something on Twitter um, yesterday. It said, "How many of the thirty-two teams would Cam Newton start for today?" Uh, I have an answer for that: zero, because he's available right he's not dead right it would be zero he's still alive he's still available to join a team if he could start he would start right yep so i'm going zero yeah am i saying sam Howell's better than cam newton i don't i, I don't know maybe but, but there's more that you don't know about sam howell and there's a like we already know what cam newton is yeah and if he could start for a team he would because yep. again he is Especially at that available. position where the NFL is so thirsty for any sort of capable quarterback. They're yeah. gonna exhaust all options. And if, if you're not if your name's not getting called, you, you can't play. Yeah. Some moves made today in the NFL, the Jets and Chiefs and Browns involving in uh, in swapping receivers. So Nicole Hardman goes to the Jets. Uh, Elijah Moore goes from the Jets to the Browns. I am uh, contemplating on what to do with Garrett Wilson in a keeper scenario with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him and the year he had last year. I'm thinking of uh, keeping some stock in Garrett Wilson. I could see him having a big sophomore season there for the Jets. So keeping an eye on that. As much as I despise Aaron Rodgers, he does make uh, receivers look good. So what are your thoughts as a Bears fan on Rodgers out of Green Bay? I'm thrilled he's getting out of the division. I talk to Packers fans, and I just don't think, especially ones my age or, or especially younger, they just don't know how good they've had it. And I, you can relate to this, yes, right, being yes. a Bears fan. I mean, since my football-watching life, which I, which is mid-'90s, early to mid-'90s, they have had an all-pro quarterback, a Super Bowl quarterback. Yep. Now, the only one won a piece, you could argue that they should have done more, with two legends like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But that's what they've had. Look at what I think our two teams, along with the Browns and maybe the Jets, you could. that's an example of what you have when you don't have that stable quarterback. Right. It's the most important position in sports, and I think the Bears are, if not the only team, maybe one of two who's never had like a 4,000-yard passer. That's right. It's yeah. Ins- it's insane. And, then, yeah, I mean, the, the Packers, like you said, they've had it for, what, 30 years of just – 
all pro level quarterback just the best quarterbacks in the league legitimately 30 years yeah at least i remember kind of the magic man for green bay and when he was replaced by brett Favre, and then since then it has been all they are due for two decades of crap quarterback yes they deserve it (laughs) not only are they due for it they deserve it yeah you got to know how the other side feels and so now we're starting to see green bay go down and the lions go up like there's a lot of lions love yeah it's like i think they're the favorites in the nfc north no way they've got to be i I don't know what the vikings you don't even know if they know what they're doing they They got got cousins cousins but still, like you've already saw how that tops out. Like, what's the ceiling? We've already seen that ceiling. Yeah. Bears aren't ready yet. Packers with Jordan Love, it's like, ah, who knows? Uh, I don't see odds here, but it's got to be. I would imagine it's somewhere. the Lions. At least they have that. two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Um, I mean, Jared Goff doesn't. He's not super exciting, but they they can put up points at home. I mean, that's it's weird to say, but the Lions. They might be good. All right. Let's see what they got as far as the highest Super Bowl. The <laughs> Lions, uh, plus 2,500. That's not the bad. The Vikings are 4,000. Right. Bears, 5,000. Did I miss the Packers? I got to be up here. Somewhere. I wonder if they're just not listed because the quarterback's in doubt. Or Packers, 2,800. Okay, 28. So the Lions are the favorite in the, in the North. North. Yeah. And so is that it. they're going to be the division favorite going into this year? Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, they have two first-round picks as well. Yeah. They're just going to reload. And they've got the kneecap biter, Dan Campbell. Yeah, I've got to be I honest. If, I don't know if he's the coach to, to take him there. I but. didn't think it would work. Like, <laughs> he cries every game. Like, I tell you what, the players love him. Yeah. And if he can have smart people on offense and defense around him, then, then they can do it. Yeah, if he can be like the motivator kind of guy, and then you can have some smart people as your coordinators and assistants to – to help foster, you know, some actual football going on, I think uh, it can work. This is crazy to say, too. <laughs> they have the only Super Bowl experience out of the whole division. That quarterback, Jared Goff, That's right. went to a Super Bowl. Man. Now, he did, what, they score like three points. Yeah, and, he, didn't, he didn't play well. But, <laughs> but he's <laughs> he got there. Super Bowl experience, and none of the other teams can say that about the QB position right now. Wow. So, the Lions, who would have thought? Yep. How do you feel about Fields? I feel good. I'm I'm really excited. I think this is a a very big year for for him and even the Bears just to kind of see is this our guy for sure. He's got plenty of options to throw to. Um, hopefully they can you know just retool that offensive line a little bit. But yeah, he's so exciting. Like he's an appointment television on Sunday when he's he's playing. You got to watch. He's going to do something crazy, and I just hope it translates to wins. Yeah. Patrick, uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll let you head over to Johnson Stadium and uh, check out some lacrosse. Sounds good. Thanks. Uh, after the game, going to stop by AJ's. We'll be there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wednesday night. Trivia? Man. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Steve Hill is guest hosting tonight, which means I'll be participating. Ooh, okay. Join the squad. Other side of the glass. Okay. Come on out. So uh, we got that going on tonight at AJ McMurphy's. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. We'll wrap up hour number two of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after these words. You're 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Shirley. Clipper. Audible call. Do you have Julius Wood from Searty? I do. I want to hear it. Julius Wood. Bring in the wood. ECU safety. Saw he's uh, wearing, going to wear number four this year. 32 last year, I believe. In the 30s. And uh, Pirate Radio Mike's camera and Peoples were out there this weekend. And we've heard what Mike Houston, what Mason Garcia, what Jalen Johnson had to say. Let's hear Julius Wood from Saturday coming off the practice field. So which one I'm looking at? All of uh it's going pretty good um everybody coming together and um everybody like the transfers coming in everybody's getting used to each other and it's just been exciting to see for real and just to see the athletic ability that they bring to the team is just a wonderful sight to see and once it all come together it's going to be super nice to see on the field you obviously were a juco guy a couple of years ago and you kind of had to come in and, and learn on the fly how different is it now, like maybe teaching some of the guys in similar situations coming in as transfers themselves? Um, it's just like coming in to mature and just uh, learning the playbook and staying in the playbook and uh, just really just slowing the game down and just not making it as fast as on yourself, you know, because sometimes people play too fast for the game and then once they slow it down, things just start to come naturally to them and it starts, the game starts to become easier to them. So. How do you connect with these new faces on defense? Uh, off the field, we just try to meet up as much as we can, watch film, uh, play the video game with each other, just anything competitive, just to, you know, get get used to each other being, you know, just on edge with each other, you know, What's just the with the game, yeah. Madden, uh, fight night. Who's the best on the stick? Man, you know I'm going to say me, for sure, but <laughs> uh, it's a lot of good dudes out there that play the game and stuff, but Call of Duty, that's my, that's my game that I go to. I like it. Yes, sir. Uh, going back to, to number four this year, uh, I believe that was your old number. So, so yes, take us through getting that number back. Um, it was just, it was good to get it back. Uh, I had it in, I started off in Little League uh, with it, and then I went to high school with the same number, and then I went, I played in junior college with this number also. So it just feel good to have it back on my chest, and it just brings so much more out of me that, that it does for me. So I just can't wait to wear it on game day. Um, yeah, I enjoyed 32. I feel like it was a chapter, but nah, it's nothing like having that four on my chest. What was it like getting it out here and, and getting a little physical today? Um, I loved it uh, because, like, you know, when you ain't got no pads on and stuff, it's just it don't feel like football. You going through the techniques and stuff, so you just working on techniques. But once it comes to having the pads on and Doing all those things of that such, uh, just a great feeling to have them pass back on and get physical and play a physical game how it's supposed to be played. So 
We want to fulfill it. All right, there is Julius Wood talking numbers, play, and video games. I didn't – he said fight night there. It reminded me I had uh, some boxing games like on the old PlayStation, PlayStation 2. I hadn't played one of those in decades. And I'm looking it up right now. It's still a thing. Graphics look amazing. The Mike Tyson, like, cuts in his hair and everything. It looks Very uh, detailed. Yeah, yeah it looks pretty cool. Good. I kind of want to play one of those now. Um, going to number four. One of my all-time favorite pirate defenders on the back end of the defense, wearing number four, Van Eskridge. And also, uh, did Kyle Chase wear number four? I'm a big Kyle Chase fan. Uh, both He did. Uh, so that has been a very good number for ECU safeties and DBs in the I'm, past. Speaking of that secondary, just being out there at practice and just looking at them on the field and seeing them versus the wide receivers, Man, they're long. We're we've got some real length in the secondary now. I think this year. I remember being excited about newcomers last year at the beginning of the season and hoping to to see them on the field, and we didn't see a lot of them. Uh, Revel the uh, the long corner and those guys. We're going to see a lot of them this year, I believe. Right. And just looking at the DBs and what they have right now at corner and safety, so. Uh, your corners that we've seen, IBM, he was like a um, Isaiah Brown Murray. Was he a spring darling or a fall camp darling that we didn't see a lot of in games? But spring darling. he's got some experience. Uh, Siobhan Ravel, 6'2", 181, and he's got that wingspan. The other, Fletcher Marshall Jr., 6'2", 192, trying to build like a mini Legion of Boom with all right. the uh, tall, lengthy DBs. Yeah. And we'll ask Igo in uh, the third hour, you know, who who are the stars now with uh, some folks leaving that uh, secondary for East Carolina, Juwan Powell and, and others. Uh, so, I don't know. I, it, it, there's a lot of spots to be filled when it comes to specifically the cornerback position. And then it's safety. Uh, you've got uh, Tegan Wilk and Julius Wood, who we've seen play a lot of football here. And who are the next guys up at that position? Uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that too coming up. When we talk to Steve and I go for the final time, folks. Not making a big deal about it, but the last time you will see and hear Steve and I go on Pirate Radio coming up in hour number three. All right, about to get things underway both on the softball diamond in Wilmington and the lacrosse field here in Greenville. So we'll keep you up to date on uh, what's going on out there on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Anything else, uh, Glenn? We've got like two minutes before we take a break. Sell me on WrestleMania. The big dog in the Bloodline storyline comes to a head at WrestleMania. Yeah. I just, you know how I feel. So you lost interest when it switched from Cody, or it switched from Sammy to Cody? The Sammy stuff was amazing. It was all awesome. they hit his like his moment in Montreal and all that. I was invested and just you've had this Roman Reigns thing going on for a decade now where he was Vince's guy, so they tried to make him uh the face and a face like John of Cena. the company. John uh, Cena's yes, not. make yeah. him the Cena. They finally figured out that roman is at his best playing the heel and he is, he has won me over for the character he is now he is phenomenal the brash cocky 
I'm the boss. greatest, uh, the <laughs> boss. Like, yeah. Man, he, he has played it perfect. So the guy that's going to topple over a decade, a half decade of that is Cody Rhodes, Stardust. I don't, I don't. You don't buy it. It doesn't do it for me. I, and I don't know how it does it for everyone. Man, it really does it for me though, because I know, but I don't understand how. Son. I know, but we, and, I know we had Dusty Sun in WWE forever, and he was a joke. But he did. So, but the point is, is that he's going to get to do the thing that his daddy never got to do. I love how WWE too does not, which the, I feel like there's a bit of a change going here where they didn't acknowledge any other companies out there at all. They pretended no. they didn't exist. But they bring back Cody as this... Wait, why, why did he just show up out of nowhere as this guy? Well, it's because he was with this AEW guy. and yes. he was the guy. So now are we supposed to acknowledge that, I guess? I mean, Roman did. Roman has yeah. his, his promos. And I'm glad WWE does that. Like they, and, they so do. It, and so is... Uh, I, mean, I think the reason that that... Pr- that whole storyline is different and everything around Roman's difference because Paul Heyman writes it. Yeah, and like he's, he's, he's awesome. Creative, and he's just the best. I thought that the return of Bray Wyatt was going to do it for me. but Man, that, it's bad. That is, is Man, he? He's not even on screen. Yeah. That is a bummer. Yep. That's just not going to work. It's, it's not, not going to work. Happen. I, he needs to go make movies or something. I guess I'll be invested in uh, KO and Sammy versus the Usos. Usos. I mean, that's good stuff. Yeah. That, I'll, I'll get into that that and then the roman thing yeah I mean, right. I mean just the presentation and all that of, of mania makes it worth it kind of in itself it's almost like the super bowl like it, if you just watch it as an entertainment experience it can't be bad and i have enjoyed just watching these pay-per-views uh enjoyed the royal rumble You're right uh, i like checking in every once in a while watching the show and then just not really being invested i watched the sammy roman montreal deal yeah whatever they're calling that now roadblock fast lane whatever well, it was elimination chamber elimination chamber is what it was yeah. uh that was a good show that's how you consume wwe you just watch the big shows and don't worry about we stay away from tv <laughs> yeah all right let's uh take a break we'll come back when we return steven igo joins us for the final time ever should no, we I, line up and boom? Should we have like a, a, a heckling no, line? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I do have an um, an envelope of 10 questions that I wrote for him. Like it. To see if he'll answer. A sealed envelope? <laughs> it is sealed. Like it. Um, Steven Igo joins us. We'll talk pirate baseball, pirate football, pirate hoops, and more. World Baseball Classic, MLB, all that when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right now to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. 
Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, the big dog, Glenn Griffin, joining us. And Stephen Igo hoists the colors in his last ever Pirate Radio appearance. I mean, if you say last ever, that means for eternity. Do you have plans to be back on Pirate Radio? <laughs> I mean, not right now, but I would never say last ever. You can never rule anything out. All right. Uh, his last appearance on Pirate Radio for a long time, potentially ever. I mean, that's, I guess, technically fair. All right. Last appearance ever. Um, we are going to reach out to Chandler Honeycutt, who I have to get a report on what's going on out in Fayetteville. Because I go, we're hearing some weather stuff here. Yep. We're hearing some uh, issues with guys getting work in pregame. So I want to go to the source, and he probably like doesn't want to go on with us. So he's he got to be flustered. Right? He might not. <laughs> he might not answer his phone. He's flustered when everything's going fine. Now, how, now it's going on. No answer from Chandler. He nope. Just, it he, went right to his voicemail. He just he sent said, me a text message. Right he's got well, stuff he's not going on. The phone, so either he's on the phone with somebody or he's not answering. <laughs> Let's just put. That I go. What are you hearing about this uh, game in Fayetteville right now? I've texted with a few people there, and it sounds like it's a bit of a cluster. Um, you know, the, I, I don't think it was necessarily supposed to rain a lot today, and maybe this just kind of came up out of nowhere. But either way, the team got there. They've been on the bus. I'm not sure if they've made their way to the dugout yet as far as equipment and all that. But they're kind of in a holding pattern, and it's a neutral site game, so really neither Campbell or ECU are in charge of making the decision. I guess it's up to the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. And then you got you know, a new location. You want to take BP there, kind of get familiar with the sites, but yeah. it sounds like whatever reason the woodpeckers didn't have their uh batting cages set up for that and then you have this so there's no pre-game bp as of now so it just sounds like a bit of a mess and we'll see if they can play i guess it is I, truly weather dependent i have a uh, confirmation that the uh tarp is out on the field now in fayetteville so yeah well maybe we'll get out there a while yeah maybe we'll get more confirmation in just a moment because joining us man on the scene Scrappy-Doo Chandler Honeycutt live from Fayetteville, North Carolina, close to his uh, old stomping grounds. Chandler, how you doing? Good, Cliff. Uh, good to be here in Fayetteville tonight to check out ECU versus Campbell. If it's played. When you match up, they, they just got, they just got uh, the tarpets off the field and oh. are about ready for baseball here in the next 45 minutes. It is drizzling a little bit, but the Pirates just made their way to their dugout. The tarp is coming off the field, and we are about ready for baseball here in downtown Fayetteville. What an update. Good job, Chandler. We were gloom and doom a moment ago, but we got a man on the scene right now saying, play ball. So, um, I don't know, maybe some issues with BP, a little weather in the area. Chandler, uh, are they calling for more rain? What is your forecast telling us right now? What I've checked out earlier is that right now there is a little drizzle in the air. It's the rain was a little harder earlier, but it is seeming to kind of ease up a little bit. But right now, it looks like it's going to be clear around first pitch, which is scheduled for 6 o'clock. And uh, I think we're going to be ready for baseball come 6 o'clock for ECU versus Campbell. Chandler, you sound like a true professional reporter on the uh, on the phone, man. I just want to give you props for A, being there, but B, bringing the energy, the information. You seem really at home in Fayetteville. No, I'm really excited. It's my first time on the road covering ECU baseball, and 
this is a ballpark that I've been to several times. I've been to several Woodpeckers games, and I'm going to get some video tonight. you got to check out this ballpark. It's a single-A ballpark, but, I mean, it's got a triple-A vibe to it. And Pirate fans, just by the way, Pirate fans are already filling into the stadium. We've said it before. Pirate fans have done a great job traveling this year to Elon, to Kannapolis, to Durham, uh, to Wilmington. And it looks like there's going to be a good Pirate uh, good pirate fans on hand here tonight in Fayetteville. Eric M. on YouTube said, Chandler nailed that eyewitness report, and he does weather, too. That guy is talented. Chandler, I'm like a, a proud father sitting here listening to this report. We uh, we set a low bar for you. We may have said some things earlier in the show to disgrace you and uh, your family name, but, man, you have come through more than uh, I ever could have imagined. Well done, sir. Oh, well, well, here's the thing. I actually heard what you guys said earlier, so I had to prove you guys wrong. But I'm, I am here on hand, and I am ready for ECU baseball. And, uh, by the way, folks, keep up with East, or, excuse me, keep up with Pirate Radio on Twitter. I should have some live updates as we go along because I do not believe this game will not be televised tonight. So I will have some live updates via Twitter, so check that out on PR927FM. Uh, Glenn looks like he's about to cry in there. I mean, we're just so proud of you, buddy. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Now, you've, you've nailed the pregame. But as you know, it's a long game, uh, so just stay focused. Uh, I love that you're using our comments uh, as a chip on your shoulder and you're proving us wrong, and just keep on proving the doubters wrong, Chandler. All right, no problem, guys. Uh, y'all have a good rest of the show. Hey, Chandler, you still there? Yo. Are you prepared to ask Cliff Goblin questions after a loss tonight? If it happens. Uh, you know, I have been thinking about that. I have been thinking about how I'm – might be the only person asking questions after the game. Uh-oh. We have an intern here. Yep. Um, maybe he'll ask some questions. So I'm going to have to think of some questions to ask him. But I have been thinking about what if the Pirates lose. It's never fun asking Cliff Godwin questions after a loss. But hopefully they win tonight and I can have some fun with them, especially asking him. I plan on asking him who has the best mustache on the team. But I'm not going to mm. do that after a loss. Hopefully the Pirates win so I can ask him that. All right. Yeah, definitely go after a win. If if it's a loss, steer clear. But best of luck, man. Great video of the tar being pulled off. Chandler getting it done at Segra Stadium, our MVP today at Pirate Radio. Thanks, Chan. All right. Thanks, guys. See y'all. Man, that was awesome. I I'm so proud. And shout out to uh, to me for being a non-believer and not believing Chandler could get the job done down there. He is killing it, folks. And I'm legitimately proud. I'm retweeting his uh, tarp video as we speak. That was awesome. I feel like you graduated. Like that was. Yeah, I feel like this is a turning point yes, for Chandler, for sure. And it's uh, it's a turning point for Stephen Iga from Hoist the Colors, <laughs> who will not be on me, man. Pirate. What do you mean? I thought we were just going to have a normal segment. We are, but <laughs> I mean, there's elephants all over the room. I don't see a single elephant. We don't have to go. I didn't even know this would be on my last show. Well, it it is. It is. Uh, Well, you got big life news uh, next week, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Second baby on the way and scheduled uh, for the end of this month. So, yeah, at any moment now, technically, could be my last minute uh, because you never know when you could get that call. But as of now, scheduled for late next week for baby number two, uh, daughter on the way. So excited for that news and gonna get a a lot more crazier in the the coming weeks and months 
All right, and um, yeah, I do want to hit on a lot of baseball, football, basketball with you, but um, I do have questions that I'd like to ask you. All right. And you're not under oath. You don't have to answer these. Surely, um, let me go grab my questions out of this envelope here. Can you hit, did you hit the music? No, not yet. Hit the uh, ABC. Is that a manila envelope? Is there an official questions that I typed up today Steve and I go <clears throat> again you don't have to answer these you can answer them how you feel <laughs> you would like like to answer them um, <clears throat> so here we go I, t- I spent a lot of time putting these together I go question three is a long one that is a long one <laughs> alright question one <clears throat> how dare you how dare I what <laughs> that's the whole question right. how dare you do I need to answer that? No, you don't have to. <laughs> okay. All right. No, you got nothing for that one? I got nothing. Question two. How could you do this to me? Well, it was, I was never doing anything to you. It's more of a personal decision. All right. Question three. You did come up with my thoughts, sir. Uh, Thank you. In the past, when players transfer, I haven't questioned any of their motives. It's their life, their decision. They have to look out for themselves and do what's best for them. You have questioned some of them. If a player has been around and graduated, you say it's fine for them to leave. If they haven't, you question their decision and sometimes say they aren't making the best decision. In this specific scenario, I will stay consistent and say this is your decision to make and you have to do what's best for you and your family. But are you questioning your decision and will you criticize your decision or are you a hypocrite? Now, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I thought that was a good If I would have made the decision that we're not talking about blindly, I would say that I would question my decision, but when you take several hours and days to think about it, uh, I would say I will not question the decision. Will you allow me to ask a follow-up to that question? Sure. Um, Do you think some of the players that transferred, that you've questioned their decisions, haven't taken several hours and days? I'm sure some of them make rash decisions. I would not consider this a rash decision. Interesting. All right. Question four. How do you look yourself in the mirror? I get up every day and I see myself in the mirror. Right. And there I am. There you are. Question five. Will we ever get Hoist the Colors t-shirts? Yes. At some point. All right. Good. Question six. Do you still love me? Absolutely. I told you that last week. I just wanted I'll, to I'll say it on the air. Love you, Clip. Wanted to hear it again. Love you, too. Question seven. Are you looking to replace me with someone else like me? No. You're irreplaceable. Good answer, whether I believe it or not. To be seen. <laughs> Question eight, do you consider yourself to be a proven commodity? Um, When it comes to delivering ECU information and recruiting news, I would say I'm a proven commodity at this point. I've been doing it 10, 11 years. I don't think I'm quite to the level of Aaron Jarman when he transferred in. <clears throat> As a uh, proven commodity, he was... You know, we had that debate on the air. We did. About, is he a proven commodity? As a blocker, he was a proven commodity. So I would say I'm a proven commodity hmm. in that regard. Would you consider yourself a proven commodity in your role? For what I do, I would. And I'm not answering your the questions I'm asking you, but I would consider you a proven commodity. Uh, number nine, was Benedict Arnold misunderstood? What is he? What, <laughs> what is that even from? 
Mm-hmm. No answer? No. All right. Uh, question 10. Will you name your daughter Clip? Uh, no, but her name will start with a C. Hmm. Interesting. Could be Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those are my 10 questions. You handled that well, Steve. I'm sweating, man. I'm like getting <laughs> peppered with questions over here. How about January 2012, Iga? Your first Pirate Radio appearance. Is it hard to believe it's been that long? 11 years? It's crazy, man. I knew, you know, I meant, I meant to look look back at that. If I would have known this would have been my final show, um, I would have, because I was going to bring that up when you... did. You first reached out to me, right? I did. I was uh, looking for people to play sports trivia. I was a fan of your forum and would go to it. And I was like, huh, sports guy around here. I'm looking for sports folks. Contacted you got you on there's some great messages here uh from the dms where we're setting up uh can you i said do you listen to pirate radio are you familiar with the show at all yeah i listen quite a bit i know you've got philip henry and colin up there a lot colin (laughs) that's a a throwback okay cool uh we'll have you castleberry and another guy coming in and then i said um i like this one where i say are you currently a student? I'll promote you as creator of HTC and a student. Is your last name pronounced Igo, E-Y-E-G-O? And uh, you had to. Uh, and then I mentioned that I coached your brother, Scott, in Little League football. With the Cowboys. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? So, uh, yeah. Good old days. 11 years ago, Stephen. That's crazy. Look man. at us now. Great friends. We remain great friends. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I owe Pirate Radio an uh, incredible amount of uh of really debt going forward just for everything you guys did for me i think hoisty colors pirate radio both benefited from each other and it's been awesome man it's uh it's not gonna be the same but you know yeah i'm excited about what's next which we'll talk about at some point not on this show it's life yeah things change people change we'll still see each other in the ECU baseball press box around town at Sports Trivia, mm. I'm planning to try and go a little bit more. So, and maybe we can hang out a little bit more outside the studio, man. Bring Watch some games. Bring Clifton to uh, Sports Trivia. <laughs> Clifton and Slater. Yep. Clifton and Slater, <laughs> brother and sister. Clifton Igo, a beautiful girl. That's a beautiful girl's name, Clifton. Uh, Redbeard says, "Do you replace Igloo with Mark Lindsay?" I mean, that's a good question. Who fills the shoes? of steven Iga, it's gonna be tough to do it'll be tough to do maybe scott Iga. now that would be a, trying to get him on that more. would be a change he is tough to lock down he's uh, what do you turkeys got cooked up for thanksgiving here <laughs> i mean that would be fun to have on every week uh scott Igo is tougher to get to commit to something than like tom cruise you know like king griffey jr right <laughs> oh yeah and if you do get him to commit to something he just might show up like if he's supposed to be at 5, he'll probably be at 5.45. So you really got to squeeze it in when he arrives. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. But he would come on the show. Just no telling when he'd show up. He's been invited. I invited him secretly to the watch-along without even telling you. Yeah. And it didn't. And then I saw him later, and he said, yeah, I, would, I had to sleep, man. I mean, yeah, he never even texted me about it, so <laughs> no surprise. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got, we got rid of all that. Uh, got through all that. We'll, uh, we'll talk some pirate baseball, some pirate hoops. Saw uh, your three things, I think. You were talking about players potentially leaving or not leaving. <laughs> Wait, what? 
What? I thought we weren't supposed to talk about that. No, it was. It was. I, I mentioned a. I know. The way that uh, that ECU's dealing with the portal, trying to recruit players, and B why they're gonna stay. I'm not. I wasn't saying hey. Javon Small needs to leave or whatever. So we will talk to Mike Schwartz coming up next Tuesday at three o'clock. We'll talk to Kim McNeil Thursday at five o'clock. So we will kind of tie a bow on these basketball seasons and look ahead uh, with Coach. Am I still on? Oh God, are your headphones popping? What's happening over here? All right, now it's back. That was weird. My headphones are popping. Uh, are you sabotaging us? <laughs> I might be. You never know. Uh, Mike Schwartz next Thursday, Kim, or next Tuesday, Kim McNeil on Thursday. We will talk hoops with them. We'll talk hoops, baseball, football with Igo when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. They have served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Pirates supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Clip, I do have a quick Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update for you. Uh, East Carolina in the bottom of the second in softball, no score as of yet. Thank you for that, Shirley Rhodes. All right, welcome back to the show, Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, the big dog. We got the Chan Man getting it done down in Fayetteville. And uh, Stephen Igo joining us for his final appearance on the show ever. Stephen, we were talking uh, football a moment ago, and I want to ask you about these long, lengthy DBs we heard from Julius Wood making the move to number four. That number is personal to him and sounded like he was very happy to be in the number four. Reminded me of uh, one of my all-time favorites, Van Eskridge, and I'm a big fan of, personally, Kyle Chase, great guy, Mm -hmm. both wearing the number four back there for ECU, both uh, productive players, especially van eskridge on uh some championship teams yeah van is probably the most recognizable number four in, in ecu secondary uh history as far as numbers at least since i've grown up watching the program and man he could hit you i, I think julius just you know it sounds kind of silly to say but looking at him on the field like sometimes guys do number changes and it doesn't work it doesn't fit like four looks good on Julius Wood. You know, thirty-two is fine too. Like thirty-two is a cool number, but four is is kind of a striking number. So, you know, look good, feel good, play good, that sort of deal. I think he's going to fall in that realm. He's kind of worn it his whole career, and now going into his second year as a full-time starter, I think he's going to make some some big jumps. I mean, he made a ton of impact plays last year. Now it's just being more consistent in coverage and doing that sort of stuff. But speed, length, 
tackling ability. I mean, he's got all the skills to be a special player. While we're on the topic of safeties, we've seen Julius Wood and Tegan Wilk play a ton of football. What other safeties are you excited about this spring that can make an impact this fall? Safeties, obviously, you got Tegan Wilk returning. They're, they're pretty deep now at safety with the addition of, of a couple transfers. Uh, Dontavious Nash from North Carolina is another guy with good size who has done well this preseason. They also brought in all CAA safety transfer Omar Rogers. So you added a couple transfers. Then you, you have a couple returners and Devin King, who was placed on scholarship, and also Ty Moss, who uh, you know former Whiteville quarterback who's played safety now a couple years. So I feel pretty good about the two deep <clears throat> at safety on the back end. And then you got the Sam position, which is kind of the extension of safety slash linebacker you got two guys competing there kingston mckinstry who has been in the program now a couple years former juco recruit and Ra rod dilworth who played more inside linebacker at north carolina but to me is better suited for that sam role where he can just get out use the speed and in space so those are kind of the guys and that's an important position that's where we that's lost stringer, stringer and jyra's uh, the played there in the past, yeah. yeah last year jyra played more of boundary safety but he's played a lot at sam in the past and then stringer was basically full-time sam last year it's kind of that guy who's basically a nickelback but has the potential to blitz you know run fit a lot also do some man coverage and some other coverage stuff so you know Ra Ra has four four speed he's about six one 200 pounds and he may not have quite the coverage ability that stringer and some of the other guys had but he has he's got more straight line speed He'll be able to cover a ton of ground. I think you put him in certain packages, and especially on blitzes, man, he should be absolute force. Corner position, you're losing some Malik Fleming out. And I remember last year being very excited about these tall, lengthy corners. Um, Revel and Fletcher Marshall Jr., and then during the season, didn't really see him at all. I guess Revel came on maybe towards the end. Yeah. Um, but so who is there like an open competition at corner right now, or are there guys who have spots here this spring? It's pretty open. I mean, I, I would think that Siobhan uh, Ravel kind of has a leg up just based on how he's trended towards the end of last year and the fact he's returning and almost everybody else in that in that room besides Isaiah Brown Murray and Fletcher Marshall are new. You know, the interesting thing is I, I think – I think Revel, um, Revel, however you say it, is going to play a lot. You know, he's 6'2", 180, runs the 4'4", broad jumps like 11 feet. Like, he's just a freak athlete. He's just got to put it all together. And for those Juco guys that come in year one, not only is it a is it a little bit of a struggle at times in terms of learning the scheme and kind of adjusting to D1 life, but he also, I think, broke his thumb or a finger or something, so he was slowed by that right in preseason camp. So towards the end of the year, you start to see him coming on. Um, you know, Fletcher Marshall, kind of the same way, long, big corner, didn't play as much, you know, had to acclimate. I think he's made some strides. They moved Brandon Higgs, who's another 6'1 guy to corner. So he's long. And then you got Isaiah Brown Murray, who's more 5'9, five, 5'10, five, but similar to, to like a Jaquan McMillan or Malik Fleming, just covers people. So you kind of have a little bit of, of all the above. And we're not even talking about Tymere Brown, the six foot, you know, transfer from North Carolina who can really run, uh, Jamani Wilson. So, we, t- we say all these names. I like the personnel upgrades in terms of versatility, length, uh, et cetera. I think you've got more talent. The problem is you got less experience. So you're going to have some growing pains. People need to understand that. 
especially when you open at Michigan. It's not the ideal setting, but, you know, the schedule is what the schedule is. So you're going to have to get over some growing pains. But the ceiling, to me, of this defense is higher than last year's, just based on the speed and length. Wasn't uh, Isaiah Winstead a post-spring ad? He was a summer ad, yeah. All right, so on... Yeah, spring ball ad, post-spring ball. On that note, what position do you think we see or we need a post-spring ball ad? Do you think we'll see uh, one, two, three of those? I think the biggest, I think you'll see a number of them because, uh, especially on the offensive side, receiver, I like where the receiver position is right now in terms of you got Jalen Johnson, but they moved him inside the slot. Kerry King, Josiah Hatfield, you got returning. They're playing more outside right now. They can play slot if needed, but to me, you're missing that 6'3", 6'4", guy on the outside who you can throw it up to know you're going to get it. You know, they brought in Ryan King from Georgia Tech. Remains to be seen if he can be that guy. He's been kind of limited, but has shown some flashes in spring ball. If you could find that guy, which is easier said than done, like a Winstead or whoever, uh, after spring ball, I think it's a a must-add. An offensive tackle to me is the other big position. Parker Moore, former West Virginia transfer, is back. Walter Stribling's been in the program for three years now. He'll get a shot, but the depth of that position is not great right now. They need to add at least one or two there. And then still need another quarterback, in my opinion. You still need another tight end, if possible. So I, th- I could see them almost adding pretty much everywhere except for running back post-spring ball if it, if it works out. Steven Agar, Oyster Colors, joining us. Um, tough to say negative, positive, whatever, but you got a feel for Mason Garcia yet going through his first spring as a starting quarterback. How has he handled everything? I thought he sounded great in his interview the other day. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel good about it. I mean, there's there's still times where you could tell, you know, that that the, the the drop off from going from a fifth year senior to a, a first time starter in terms of making the easy read or the easy throw, but like you just we, we saw some of the live action on Saturday inside the stadium. He just made a couple throws that like you just don't see normal ECU quarterbacks make outside the numbers across the field you know, deep uh, out routes, deep comeback routes, NFL caliber throws. So he can do some special things. And I'm not trying to say he's going to go out there and break every record right away because the biggest thing he's got to work on is consistency. It seems like every six, seven plays, he either make the wrong read or do an inaccurate throw like in a live period. So if he can get over that hump and he's going to, again, have some growing pains in the season – but the skill set is there. It's just he's got to go out and experience it. He's got to make mistakes, learn from it, clean it up. Just like we saw Holton. I mean, it took Holton three years to really reach his peak performance. Part of that was them surrounding him offensively with better weapons. I feel like the offense is in a decent spot there, but they need to surround him with a few better weapons. But I've been encouraged what I've seen. I think definitely he's, uh, you know, he, he deserves to be QB1 based off what I've seen in practice thus far. All right, we got a lot of question marks on our own. You talked about the offense there, potentially adding some guys. 6.30 first pitch, by the way. 6.30 first pitch. Thank you, Stephen Iga, for that information. Um, somebody said yesterday that it might have been a Tulane fan. Tulane, king of the new AAC. And I just don't know if I believe that, even if we're just talking football specifically. Uh, Willie Fritz is back. That's great for them. They can uh, keep some continuity there. But we've seen teams have these one-year runs and everything went perfect for them and then kind of fall back to the middle of the pack. I I, I think I don't think Tulane's going to be unbeatable or anything for the next two, three, four years. So 
I think that there's a, a chance there is a new champion next year in the American. But who, in your opinion, I go with these new schools coming in, Conference USA 3.0, whatever you want to call it, who is – now you got that? Uh, yeah, now I'm, now I'm feeling it. All right, and I'll tell you why that is happening. It's a correlation between my leg hitting these cords down there, <laughs> and I'm trying to get it back right. <laughs> this is – do Okay. <laughs> we're just cutting in and out this is all right but the mics work y'all can hear us in there right all right okay well, we'll just keep going with nothing in our ears this is a really weird feeling all right who is the king of the new american and how close is ecu to being at the top of are we talking list? all sports let's go just football just football i mean yeah i you know i don't really think there is one i guess you have to technically say Tulane because of what they did last year and they'll probably be the preseason favorite but for me i mean they're losing tajay spears they're losing their linebackers they're losing some of their stud dbs so i I think it's just kind of wide open i mean if i had to pick here today you know march 22nd a top tier going into next year i'd probably pick tulane memphis smu you know if ecu had what it was returning yeah i would have ecu at that realm i'd have utsa in that realm as well and after that, it's kind of just like, who knows, man? Um, you know, I, I think it's just very wide open. It's for the taking, which is a good thing for ECU. I mean, I think the schedule is manageable. It's not easy, but... Have you looked at it like, did we get a favorable schedule, tough schedule, like who we are playing? I think for the conference-wise, like, it's pretty fair. Uh, you know, like, in terms of opening at Rice, like, that's a manageable conference opener. <laughs> Also, just being around here and watching EC football forever, it's also very scary. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would, Rice. Yeah, I would say it's definitely not a easy win, but I think it's a manageable game. I think SMU playing them at home on a Thursday night is a good draw for ECU. I mean, SMU historically the last few years has not been a good road team. You're getting them. I think both teams are coming off a bob. So you're getting them at home across the country. It does set up to where maybe you get off to a good start before that yeah. big game at UTSA. I mean, you could conceivably be at least two and one, if not three and zero in conference, because you play Charlotte after SMU with time to recover from a Thursday night game, and then you go on the road at UTSA versus Tulane. And it's a, yeah, it's a tough stretch. Even after that, I mean, at UTSA versus Tulane at FAU at Navy. I mean, that is a tough stretch. FAU is going to have Tom Herman. In, uh, in his first year, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does a great job there. So we know the Navy situation. So I, I think you almost have to get off to a good start, but I do think you have a chance to build some confidence, build some uh, some early success. And then if you can do that, think about how huge that those games would be, you know, at UTSA versus Tulane. So, again, I, I think the schedule is manageable outside of the obvious that you open at Michigan, which – to be honest, could be preseason number one. I mean, with all that it is returning, I don't know who would be ahead of them um, outside of maybe like Alabama or Ohio State. was kind of hoping Harbaugh would make the jump back to the NFL just to kind of leave them. I guess Georgia could be preseason number one just yeah. based off the fact they've won it a couple of years. But they'll be top five, definitely. Yeah, I mean, top they'll be... Top three, potentially. It'll be one of the toughest games on paper in ECU football history just in terms of i think they're projecting it to be the highest ranked team ecu's ever played um in football so but with that like great opportunity you're going on the road nobody's going to expect you to win you know it's kind of a 
I don't want to say win-win because if you lose 50 to nothing, nobody's happy, but is it a can't-lose situation if you don't get anybody hurt? Like, you kind of are expected to go up there and, and lose, so we'll see what happens. Start to break more of these teams down uh, during the spring, uh, during the summer when we do our opposing team play-by-play voice chats, but we'll get a Navy update Thursday with Pete Medhurst, uh, football voice of Navy, covering a lot of things right now, including the potential sale of the commanders uh, of course he's following all the march madness we'll ask him about georgetown hoops getting ed cooley can they revive their program so we'll talk all things sports but look at navy coming up thursday with pete medhurst all right let's uh open up the booty bag shirley Rhodes, and make somebody a winner here on this wednesday booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere all right shirley Rhodes, what are we giving away today how about a 15 dollars gift card to aj mcmurphy's aj mcmurphy's i'll be there tonight eight o'clock maybe a patrick mason appearance uh but i'll be participating tonight so come on out join my team or see if you can beat me at sports trivia what caller are we looking for i'm gonna go with caller 10 all right caller 10 317-1250 we're back with more pirate radio live after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they are creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And congratulations to Susan Deans of Greenville. Picked up a $15 gift card to A.J. McMurphy's in the best place in Greenville to unwind after work. And have fun is AJ's. They have daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into PRL and Clip. I do have a quick Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update for you. I have an equipment update. During the break, Shirley Rhodes fixed our headphones <laughs> by plugging in a cord. So thank you, Shirley. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I, I told Igo, I said, okay. I said, uh, what's, uh, you know, he said, I don't know. The sound just went out and I happened to look down on the floor and I said, oh, because it's unplugged. Makes perfect plugged sense. Plugged it back in. Thank you. There you go. You're the plug that keeps us going. <laughs> Uh, ECU softball with a one nothing lead in the top of the fourth over UNCW. There I'll take go. that. Yep. Only Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Do you have a lacrosse score? I was going to say, can you give me the Roku remote, Shirley, if you don't mind? I can probably pull it up on the Plus, right? Yes. I believe it is being televised on the Plus. Or should we um, call Patrick Mason live <laughs> in the press box? Let's uh, thank you, Shirley. We'll see if we can get this pulled up real quick. ECU taking on ranked Duke today at Johnson Stadium. Um, baseball, I go. You've been having your chats on Hoist the Colors on Monday, uh, live podcast, video. Um, so, like, 
you used the clickbait headline this week yep, yep. is ecu baseball already being <laughs> disrespected can, in the polls you can thank my uh ecu degree and educators over there for teaching me good marketing and journalism skills what sells better ecu sweeps missouri state or are the pirates being disrespected in the national polls uh, option b and two we had so many comments from people who didn't listen or listen to any of it which you know that's society now they just take a headline and roll with it um about what are you guys talking about ecu's not being disrespected our point was not that ecu is being ranked too low it's the criteria that they use to move certain schools ahead of ecu or just up in the polls in general and then seem to use a different criteria to use uh to move ecu down like when a virginia or whoever has a two and two week with a midweek loss it's treated differently than when ecu has a two and two week with a midweek loss it just seems like those teams get a pass whereas ecu does not for its slip ups and then when ecu has a really good week they can still get passed by teams that you know beat more marquee teams as we see a ecu women's across goal scored pirates trail 10 to 6 to duke right now but they are fired up after that goal uh it is 10 to 6 well uh, it makes sense though. I mean, just wait till we get into league play. It's going to be the same thing though. And all those SEC teams are going back and forth with each other. And you used an ACC <laughs> example. Is how strong is the ACC this I year? I mean, it's good. It's definitely better than the American. I'm not saying it's not, but it's just if you compare the resumes, if you did a blind resume of you know top 25 wins or that sort of stuff rpi like right now ecu is just as good as you know a virginia or i can't remember the other team that passed them but you know our point was it's just it just shouldn't happen that way and but so much of the power five narrative like right now they've got three big 10 baseball teams making the tournament and i'm sorry but the big 10 is not good in baseball yeah. all these teams that come here for regionals are not impressive to me indiana was not impressive to me on uh on the key to clear classic weekend so it's just it bothers me when you've got good baseball being played not in the american right now because the american's not playing well but uh, even in certain other conferences that maybe don't get the attention they deserve just because their name isn't the big 10 big 12 whatever uh, i'm kind of fascinated by this now ecu yeah. just won the i guess we're calling it a face-off and the bench was going nuts they are super into this game Pirates trying to cut into a Duke lead right now. 10-6 to 6, Duke leads on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard out at Johnson Stadium. Um, here's a clickbait headline for you, Igo. The midweek, the rest of the way, way more important than the weekend for ECU baseball. Um, in terms of RPI wins and getting notable top 50, top 25 wins, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, now, the problem is if you if you go by that and say, oh, we just lost a series this yeah, weekend, I mean, that's a killer. Well, so, that's the point is, yeah, if you, if you, let's say, all right, next week ECU plays, or I think it's UNCW, so maybe the next week would be a better example, NC State, and then they play UCF, which probably isn't the best example either because they're the best team in the conference, but uh, <laughs> outside of ECU. Since we turned this game on, ECU's been playing lights out. Now Two goals. It's 10-7. to 7, The rally is on. But if you beat a UNC or an NC State in the midweek and then you turn around and lose a game to RPI 250, Wichita State, or RPI you know, 225, Cincinnati, it, it kind of cancels each other out outside of the fact you get a marquee win. But your RPI is going to drop more probably from losing in a game you shouldn't lose than rising because you you win a good game so um 
you have to find that balance. I mean, ECU doesn't need to go six and one or seven and zero in these midweek games they have remaining, but they do need to at least win their fair share. You don't want to look up at the end of the year and be, you know, one and six, two and five against top fifty because that's going to really hurt your resume. The powder purples are on the field. Video courtesy Chandler Honeycutt. As uh, they, I got to say, I, I like them uh, in person when I got to see them at Clark LeClaire yeah. a couple weekends ago or whenever that was. Uh, but they look pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I mean, they're they're better in person. I'm still not the biggest fan of them, but again, I don't have a problem with them either. Like, some people like seem to be taking it personal <laughs> that the team has powder purple uniforms. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, we have sourced a camera at the Woodpecker Stadium. There is a weather camera that look, overlooks the outfield. <laughs> and if you take that and you sync it with your feed, then you're, you're solid gold, baby. You're, so you can watch the game? Yeah. So how do you get to that? Uh, ECU Jungle has put that out. On oh, there. all right. I'll they check have, and take a look. Can you actually found see what's going on, though? Yes. Yeah, like it looks, it's not like a GIF. You know what I'm saying? It's not right. like ultra choppy. It's somewhat decent. So, I mean, it, it might be just as good as the one we had. Was it... Who are no Duke? Durham, Duke, yeah. yeah. And then some of the ACC tournament action when you're looking through a fence. <laughs> this is amazing. And it is live, I guess. Yes, they're warming up. <laughs> there you go. I guess. You, you legitimately will? watch the game from 500 feet away. Yeah. It? It's like you're in the from outfield. right center. Yeah, at Sacred Stadium. <laughs> it, would, it would be awesome to just watch the game and try to figure out what's going on without announcers from that point of no view. No score, no anything. I don't know what I thought the stadium was going to look like hearing about it, but it, I mean, I guess it's just your typical it minor looks league ballpark. Impre- like when you walk up to it, it's pretty impressive. Like yeah. the walk up is nice. But yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. So we'll have people huddled around their computers watching the <laughs> weather cam, the live. Hey, that is resourceful, man. I'd give it to him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's finding something out. Shout out to Jungle Jared there for, uh, for finding that. All right, we'll take uh, our final time out, come back, get ready to wrap things up here on Pirate Radio Live, a week and a day away from opening day. That probably excites you, Steven. Yeah, I'm pumped. You know what excites me? Every team is playing on opening day for the first time since the 60s. Wow. Can you believe it's been that long? <laughs> it's typical Major League Baseball. Yeah. They have to wait 60 years before they can get everybody to play on opening day at the same time. Yeah. As somebody said yesterday, give Rob Manfred a raise. He's doing a great job. All right. We'll take a uh, timeout. 10 to 7 over at Johnson Stadium. ECU and Duke. And we got a, uh, a miss. Pirate ball. That's not how it works. I don't know the rules. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. All right, it was a down day for the stock market. The Dow was down 530 points at 32,030. The NASDAQ was down 190 at 11,669. The S&P was down 65 points, 
finished out the day at 3,936. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Charlie, if I ask you a lacrosse question, are you confident you'll know the answer to it? I'm semi-confident. All right. It says they're in the second right now. Is that the second? Quarter. Out of how many? Four. Four. Well, that would make sense. Quarters. All right. Second quarter. Correct. Uh, and the Pirates are hanging tough. It's 10-7, to 7, and they have a scoring opportunity here. They've been playing some great defense since we have started watching this thing. Um, Steve and I go. We'll wrap it up. Um, Mariners. Playoff team this year? I think so. I think they are. Um, they stay healthy. They got the starting pitching. They got the lineup. I think they're a wild card team. I don't think they're good enough to overtake the Houston Astros. The big, bad Astros. All right, Steven. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you never. It's been fun, man. I uh, love Pirate Radio. We'll continue to uh, to talk off the air quite often. and um, Appreciate you all for everything. You all have been the best. Thank you for your partnership, friendship, kinship, and leadership. Uh was never really a leader, but I appreciate it. I was just looking for another (laughs) ship word at the end. All right. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Shirley Rhodes, we'll see you tomorrow. Big Dog, thanks for pitching in uh, because we had to send our best man down to Fayetteville, and Chandler is killing it. We'll recap that with him coming up on Thursday. Kim McNeil joining us Thursday at 5 o'clock. We'll talk to you then on Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.